The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Planesuckers Podcasting Network. And we're here to finally buy some more magic cards. Yeah, it's been a minute. And talk magic. How are you doing today, Matt? Uh, I'm doing well. I had a decent day at work. They kept me busy all most of the day. So, like, that's kind of my gauge for my new job is, like, I this isn't meant to, like, sound like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, make myself sound good or anything. I just really like to keep busy at work. Yeah. And so, like, when I don't have anything to do, those are kind of my worst days. Yep. Um, obviously, that changes when your job is hard. Yeah. My job is very easy. Uh, and so, like, I kind of want the work just to kind of keep me yep. busy, keep me on the road. So I have do that today. A lot of people probably have. And anyone who has will understand this opinion, I think. But I have worked both ends of that spectrum where... I've had a job that is very fast-paced and very difficult, and it sucks, and that sucks. And I've had a job where I literally do nothing all day long. I used to be a correctional officer somewhere, doesn't matter where, at a very nice, it was a work release. So these guys, these were the best inmates that went to work. And, like, I worked the third shift. My job was to keep the light, I mean, keep the lights on, keep the doors ready. Let somebody know if the building's burning down. (laughs) And, and, and like, let the third shift in and out. Yeah. And that was it. And I'm in a room full of sleeping people, and it was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. I made decent money doing it. it. Work couldn't be easier. One of the worst jobs ever. Because you just, like, everyone thinks they want that cush job of doing nothing all day. And, like, you don't realize how slow time goes. When, when you're, yeah, you have eight hours to kill and you have access to nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I look forward to the, it was like, like the six o'clock, five o'clock rush of everyone getting off uh, off yep. of third shift to it's come talk home. to some people, get up and do something. Yes. And, yeah. So. Um, so I very much get the whole, like, I would much, everyone wants the middle. I want the middle where I have just an appropriate amount of work to do during a day and I'll keep my feet moving and then I'm done at four or five o'clock. Yeah. That's so far that's been the best thing about my job is the worst thing about my job, if that makes sense. Yeah. The worst thing about my job is that it's boring. Yep. Sometimes. Sometimes yep. I just don't have anything to do. And when coming from my previous job, that is a huge relief. Uh-huh. So like again, worst thing about my job is occasionally I'm bored. I can deal with that. It's, but today it's, was a very good day, and they kept me busy almost all day, yeah. and so like time just flew past, and then I came home. Yep. Every job has high days and low days, and it sounds like most of your low days are when the job's too easy. Yeah. And that's a good problem to have. Right. That's and that's that's exactly kind of what that was like. What I was looking for. Yeah. After when I left my previous job is like I've got that job was super stressful, and I was on call forever, and like yeah. Worked split shifts. Like, there was a ton that I didn't like about that job. Obviously, that's why I left. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, the complete opposite of that, where it's just, like, again, the worst thing about my job is occasionally I had to sit around in an air-conditioned room and browse Reddit. Yep. Like... And the, the the guys will like I'll be on Discord talking to them. I'm like I haven't done anything in three hours. Yep. <laughs> so like wrapping up my day. Anybody got anything to talk about? <laughs> I, I talked about it, but I was working. I was still delivering packages, and you called me at like four thirty because you're like Jake. I'm bored, and I can't leave till five. But my boss left, so I can't do any more runs. Yep. And I'm like, okay, hang on. I gotta carry this mattress to the second floor, and then I can talk to you. Yep. I was just sitting in a parking lot. Yeah. Waiting out the last half hour of my shift. Yep. Which, again, I will give them 100% credit. I don't want to say who I work for, but the people I work for are great. And so it wasn't them sending me home so I lose a half hour of pay. Yeah. It was, you got to be here yep. to get paid. 
you can go home if you want, but you don't get paid. Yep. Or you can sit in this parking lot for half an hour and get your pay and then go home. Yeah. I was like, well, uh, just sit here and- if someone's going to pay me to sit around in a parking lot and browse Reddit, I'm going to do it. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> Get those 40 hours. Yep. Got to get them. So uh, as far as gaming stuff goes, I've gotten kind of back into Valheim. Um, so I've been playing that quite a bit the past, basically over this weekend in the past few days when I'm done with work. Uh, anybody who's been listening for a long time knows that Valheim did an update that really made me hate it, which they, they basically tweaked the food to make, uh-huh. they, they made stamina a real pain in the ass. So like there's just, you just don't have enough stamina to like play the game at a reasonable pace in my opinion. So I just started playing with mods, which yeah. revert the food back to the original way. And then the other cool thing, which, uh, so the way the game works, you've got portals you can set up. And you just walk through them. You set up an entry and an exit. So, uh-huh. like, you put one at your base, and then the second one, uh, say, if you want to go from the meadows to a swamp, you put one in the swamps, you name it swamp, and then you can just instantly walk back and forth between those two portals. Yeah. You can't carry ore between them. You can't take ore through portals. Yeah. Uh, so the game forces you to carry it back, or... What you're supposed to do is sail. So, like, it's a Viking game, so they want you to have kind of a base and then go raiding places. Uh-huh. So, like, you raid the swamps, you gather up some stuff, you load it up on your ship, and then you sail it back. That's fun the first couple times. After you've got a couple hundred hours in the game, I just want the ore. Yeah. Like... Is there a mod that lets you run it through portals? Yeah. It's just unrestricted portals. You can take anything through a portal. Yep. So, like, that's basically what I have. I also have... The only other mod I have, I think, is one that lets you grow anything. So, like, uh, there's some plants like raspberries and blueberries that you can't cultivate yourself. Like, you uh, just have to forage for them. And those bushes, like, say you find a raspberry bush, that raspberry bush is going to be there for the rest of the game. Yep. You just have to walk back and get it. Uh, this lets you just plant them wherever you want. Yeah, so you can have a little, a little field of food. Right. The funny thing is, it's actually wildly inefficient. So, the so like, it takes five raspberries to plant a bush. Uh-huh. It takes five in-game hours, like real-time hours, the game has to be running to get one more raspberry. Oh, geez. So, like... That's awful. Right. So, after 25 hours of gameplay, you get your raspberries back from planting the bush. Jesus. And that's so, if you harvest them. That's if you harvest them perfectly. Yeah. So, like, it's not even one of those, like, oh, this is just a way to cheese the game. It's, like, it's primarily just there for, like, aesthetics. Yeah. So, like, you can, you know, plant some blueberries or raspberries around your stuff just to make it kind of look nice. Um, that was one of the, like, cause like one of the best early foods is Queens, uh, jelly or Queens jam or something. Something like that. Remember, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, uh, raspberries and blueberries mixed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'll just plant some raspberry bushes. So I, I took like 20, I, before looking at it, I took like 25 raspberries, planted five raspberry bushes and then looked, I was like, well, in five hours, I'll get one fifth of my raspberries uh-huh. <laughs> an investment that you're building towards the future they have respawned a couple times which should tell you that i've been playing it yeah i've also um one of the things i kind of did the first time that i've kind of pivoted is like i'm not a very creative person i'm generally speaking pretty good at like executing a process and then like f- making that process kind of more efficient yep but i'm not a terribly creative person but so, satisfactory was so good right because i loved optimizing it's that just about the process it's just the process you can make it look good but like even then, the the way I'm kind of a very German-style engineer as far as my satisfactory goes, I want straight lines, I want uh-huh. right angles, I want it all to flow in one direction. Man, the jokes. Hooey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with uh, Valheim, I was trying to, like, force myself to use my own builds for buildings and whatnot, and they all kind of look like crap. This time, I've just, I go to YouTube, I go, 
cool Valheim house and I just yeah. build that guy's house. And it's I've just been having a lot more fun with that because I still get to build, which is a huge part of the game. Yep, but you get a template. But I get a template and then I'm, it's actually helping me learn a lot of the techniques because that's one of the things is like the Valheim building is not very intuitive. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's kind of like Minecraft where you have to really think outside the box of like, how do you use this piece? So like... I'm um, anybody who's playing Minecraft knows you use the pieces for things that the creators would never expect. Yep. But for the aesthetics you need. Yep. If you you know, I don't think they're actually at least when I was playing Minecraft, there isn't actually a chair. No. Nope. But you can make a chair out of, you know, these three pieces of uh -huh. these other three blocks. You can place a block, combine them into something that kind of looks like a chair. You do the same thing in Valheim. Yep. So the classic is like you want a table, we'll put a pressure plate on a pole. Right. Boom, table. You have a table. Except it's a pressure plate. So on a pole. And they have introduced a ton more blocks to build with. Oh, nice. So, like, there's uh, shutters for windows now. You can build, um, uh, they've got glass, so you can make actual glass windows. Like, there's a ton of stuff. So, uh, I've just been playing Valheim quite a bit. So, I've been having a great time playing that. And then uh, the magic stuff I'll save for later. But, okay. Um, Exciting yeah, that's news, how though. my weekend. I mean, I'll spoil it that Matt found a deck he likes. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. Like, not a deck that you are okay playing. You're, like, excited to play. Yeah, I mean, I saw it, and then I ordered it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Hit the hit score. It's like, hey, look, this thing happened. I've already ordered the cards for it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you got to get it? I'm like, already have. It's there. already on the way. <laughs> this wasn't even up for debate. Yep. And anybody who knows me is going to know exactly what it yep. is. So, how about you, Jake? Uh, doing pretty good. My new career, I work at the same company Matt does. Different program, different department, but uh, same company which I will not say because we live in 2022 and some privacy is still appreciated. Yep. But I'm really starting to enjoy some of the stuff we're learning. I'm learning how to be a plumber and it's a huge career change to go from a delivery driver to a plumber. They're very different trades. Uh, but I'm ex what I'm excited about is that they're like polar opposites. Whereas being a delivery driver, I delivered to the same neighborhoods every day. Uh, I was training the guy that I left behind to run my route and I was like, dude, you're going to drive almost the same roads, almost the same direction, almost every day. Yep. Because it's just so dense. I live on a college campus. You go to the same places, or you go to the same houses, or you go to the same house on every block. And so it's just the same every single day. The individual address might change. I got 419 instead of 415 today. Right. But you park in the same spots. Whereas this job is going to be the polar opposite, where it's going to be a lot of like going into houses, finding the problem, and figuring out a solution. Yeah. Like there's not much problem solving in driving to 123 Main Street, go finding the 123 Main Street package and take them to the front door. Right. Versus Once you know where 123 Main Street is, that's the and you find a place to park. Yeah. That's the, the it problem doesn't move. is solved. Doesn't change. Yep. But you know, this is like I go to someone's house and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. I have no hot water and I'd like hot water. And I'll come back in an hour. Let me know what's wrong. Right. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's go look at I all the things. I guess I'll go figure out why you don't have hot yeah. water. So what's going on? Uh, this sink and this toilet don't work. And I don't know why. When I flush the toilet, the sink, there's water in the sink now. And I don't know why. Which would be a horrible problem to have. <laughs> yeah. It happens all, it's actually, it's a very simple problem. Yep. If you. You uh, just back one of the pipes up and the water goes up. Well, I can teach you some of the plumbing things I know. Yeah. So, and this is very intuitive if you think about it, but all those pipes lead into one. Your toilet and your sink and your, let's say your shower, will all lead into one main. And so if you were to plug the main up, as water gets flushed on the toilet, it just goes. there's nowhere to go. And so it'll come up a different, maybe a different pipe, and yep. maybe it'll come up in the sink. Or, or your shower. The, or the shower. That's why a lot of times, it's very common, you'll see that people will clog their toilet, and then their shower will back up. And they'll, they'll have water coming back up into their, into their shower. Because just a little farther down the line is where the clog is. And that water's got to go somewhere. Yep. 
And they're all hooked up eventually and, into the same and pipe. And they're all hooked up. Yeah. I mean, like, realistically, most houses have one pipe that runs out to the street. Yeah. So everything in the house eventually like, gets that to that is one a drain pipe. of some a sewage drain of some kind or you know dirty water of anything goes to that same pipe and so they're all hooked up yeah that's why if they're all fucked it's a very bad day because <laughs> yeah. that means the big pipe is fucked up <laughs> and the big pipe doesn't usually get fucked up except for big things yeah like when you go to taco bell <laughs> yeah like when everyone goes to taco bell like that day my wife got the block of cheese out and we all sat around the neck. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It occurred to me as I was going home, like, isn't Matt lactose intolerant? He just ate like six pieces of cheese. Sure am. Yep. Good <laughs> That's never stopped me. Doesn't matter. I'm leaving. That's how my wife is. Sarah is uh, probably lactose intolerant. Not crazy, but definitely lactose intolerant. And I'll see her all the time, like having a bowl of cereal. And I'm like, doesn't milk upset your stomach? And she's like, yeah, but it's worth it. But Fruit Loops nom, are delicious. Nom, 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 so nom. here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But anyway, I'm having a lot of fun. We're start, I'm getting in the, a few weeks in the class. Uh, there's definitely parts of the class I don't like, but it's actually it's a really good training program. It's a it's a great way to take you from the ground up and learn all the crap you never know. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. We had a great time with Pioneer this week. Uh, we had 12 people. Like we are very consistently above 10 people every week now. Yep. With uh, the local college being back, which is awesome. I went one and two. I do terrible every week, but like I have a lot of fun. I play my uh, Esper Mentor Brew. Esper tokens. I keep making changes all the time, and it's getting like it gets better and then worse and then better and then worse, and depending on how I do and how it draws. But like, I was supposed to play goblins this week because the new goblin Runeveld came out. Yeah, and I have a mono red goblin list that I really like playing, and I have a lot of fun. And I actually pulled it out and was shuffling it up, and like I looked around and I saw a couple friends come in. Uh, the guy that also plays like blue white control Esper control came in, and I was like, I really want to play Esper tokens. Mm-hmm. So I just I I just play Esper, I just play Esper tokens now. I have three other yep. decks. I don't play. I really want to play this one, so I play that one. We had a great time. Uh, I didn't tell you, fucking Fletcher, won again, three zero. Nice. Uh, I think Doug DC also brought home a three zero. He three zero's quite often. He's very much like two three zero's. He's a mono green guy, right? Usually, yes. He plays a lot of mono green. Plays yeah. a lot of is it. Plays a lot of uh, black. But he was, his mono green deck went three zero again. Fletcher went three zero for was the Fletcher third playing? week in a row. Uh, he was playing uh, Ring Light again. Gotcha. I haven't played him. I want to play him. I mean, I'll probably lose to him, but I want to play him. I haven't played Fletcher yet. And I, I, I win my round one a lot, but I usually win my round two, and I very rarely make it to the 3-0 table. Yeah. But the important part is I have a good time. Fletcher's good at magic. He's very good. I don't know if I told you, uh, he's he's uh, qualified for the um, yeah you, the, he's the Pro RCQ? Tour qualifier. Yeah. He's, he already won an RCQ, the yeah. regional championship. He's already planning on going to the regional championships. Oh. He's, he's, a, he's a very good magic player. And it's very fun to play with him and talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, I had a great time playing with him. I didn't go this uh, past Monday. I just, quite frankly, just felt like shit. Yeah. Like, I got home from work. And I didn't have a bad day or anything. Although, I guess, strictly speaking, I did have a bad day. Because Monday was the day I just, I didn't do anything for almost six hours at work. Yeah. And so, by the time I got home, like, I just kind of just felt like crap. I was like, I don't think I'm going to go tonight. Because I'm not yep. going to be in a good mood. I'm not going to have a good time. And I'm just going to make it worse for everybody. Yep. Well, good thing you didn't, because we had 12. Oh, I was going to say, when you texted me, you had, I was like, hey, how many did you guys have? Just like 12. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I didn't go there, <laughs> I felt have bad. a bad time, and create a buy. <laughs> we had 13. Uh, Declan, who works at the shop a lot, mm-hmm. uh, he came. He hasn't come in many, many weeks. It, it was really, it's really funny to me. Maybe not but like, when I first started going there, literally every single person I saw in the shop, I would say to them, hey, do you play Pioneer? Because we're starting a new club. And mm-hmm. no one knows we have a Pioneer club. Hey, do you play Pioneer? Hey, do you play Pioneer? Hey, do you play Pioneer? And Declan at the front desk always said no, and I'll never play Pioneer. 
Gotcha. I like yep. playing modern. That's sure. my thing. I don't play Pioneer. And I said, well, if you want to, I mean, we're, we can play proxies. You play whatever you want. We have decks to rent. I'd love to have you come play. And he came and played once with a proxy deck. And he's like, man, I love this. This is a lot of fun. He's really digging it. And so he finally came back for a second time. He's just been busy. Yeah. And then we like, I ran it in. I was like, oh, we got 13. Oh, well. And he walked up. He's like, hey, is it too late for me to drop? I have some stuff coming up when I got to go. And I was like, see you later, bud. Absolutely, Declan. <laughs> Even 12, no Get buys. Buy out of there. Yeah. But, you know, one more person, I kind of pestered and pestered and pestered. And he's like, I'll give it a shot. And now he's coming back. That's a second time is pseudo regular. He's wanting yep. to play a couple times. Pioneer feels like modern used to feel. Yeah. It's not quite as powerful, but it's the the games are very yep. fun. And I've they, had a, I've talked about it on the Legacy Pit, and a lot of those people don't like it. A common complaint I hear is that without fetch lands, mana is really hard. And it's like that's one of my favorite things about it. Yep. Like it's slower, it's more difficult to get to run a mana base and like good. To be like that critique, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody here, but that critique to me is just silly yep. because that's the entire premise of magic. Well, you're, but you're talking to a group of people that have, had, that have had to perfect mana. I know. But, re- and you can see the problems in modern uh-huh. and to some degree in legacy where like you're constant, there's this constant pull, uh, push and pull, like tug of war kind of thing going on with like four color, good color, yep. uh, good stuff. Piles, All the good stuff. Where it's just like, because colors don't mean anything. Uh-huh. The colors and magic. There's I no mean, cost. Everybody knows this, but they're there to like delineate strategies and play styles. Yeah. And if you just lump them all together, and there's no cost for running four or five color decks, yep. Then you just get this like really weird just stuff. Yep. And that's for a lot of people kind of boring. Yeah. Well, you hear that, that's like you hear them. It's called good stuff piles. It's just all yeah. the. It's just the best cards of every color. And to be perfectly honest, the man is not that bad in Pioneer. No. Two decks are easy. Two color decks are easy. It's a given. And then three color decks aren't that bad. Nope. You do have to buy the cards, but as a modern player, duh. Yeah. Like, you should very easily be able to afford any Pioneer deck. Yep. Like, I know playing three color on a budget's a bitch. It is hard. Because a lot of the Triomes and the Shocks are are expensive. expensive. They're between $10 and $25 a piece. Yeah. And if you need a a full 23 of them, that's a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like... If you, as far as like just the cards that are available, I mean, Fletcher's playing a five color list. Yeah. I played two games with him and I, this is incredibly, it's almost the smallest sample size you can have. At no point did he, was he unable to cast any of his spells. His man is just slower. You haven't played against him with Leland Binding yet. I know that card's probably busted as hell in that deck. It is. It's just one mana remove a non land permanent. One mana Oblivion Ring. Yep. At instant speed. Yeah. So that's not great. Not that's excited not, to see that. Yeah, it's not. But to be fair, A, there's a heavy cost to it. Yes, there is. And B, it's not like Niv to Light is some oppressive deck. Yep. And you know, I mean what it means to me is like put some enchantment removal on your sideboard. Yep. Start putting in some rip aparts or some disenchants. Well, there's that new green card that's got a kicker. It's like it's like naturalize normally, and uh-huh. it's got a a colorless and a black for it changes it from naturalized to like anguished unmaking or oh, vindicate. Yeah. So it's like, That's it's huge. a very good card. I think it's like Terra Sunder. Like, that card's fantastic. That's awesome. It's I ordered it for my uh, elf sideboard because like I was like, oh, wow, that card's really good. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't say in what format. That's fair. Terra Sunder's just a fantastic card. Like, it that's is. an EDH. I saw that was like, well, that goes in every green-black deck in uh-huh. EDH. That card's yeah. amazing. The kind of flexibility like that is insane. Right. All right. Uh, you ready to get moving on? Let's wrap, let's yeah, wrap this let's up. Yeah, let's do cool. our early plugs and get going. So I do have a plug. Uh, I usually do the Patreons, but I'm going to start with something different. So we are proud members of the Planeswalkers Podcasting Network. Uh, they are currently going through a restructuring, a hiatus, a, a a period of thought and reflection. 
and uh, I recommend listening to the last podcast if you listen to them. But Will and Aramis are going to be taking off until about January, they said, and they're going to reassess whether or not they keep it going. Yeah. Now, there's a possibility that they come back before that, but they've just been having a hard time keeping the passion going. And the point of us having these podcasts is it's fun. We started doing this because it's fun. And yep. if it's not fun, then I agree that you should take a break from doing it or maybe yeah, stop doing it altogether. Joe Rogan or somebody who can actually yeah. make a ton of money I mean, doing like, this. Or like uh, limited resources. It's their job. They yeah. get, like that's different. But like we provide a lot of content to people. Some people give us money and we greatly appreciate the help, you know, to help us produce this. But the vast majority of our listeners, which I'm ha- I'm happy to say are a lot of them, just enjoy the content for free. And when it is no longer fun to produce it, I mean, first of all, you you hear it. Like, I've listened to yeah. Will and Amherst every week, and I've heard the last couple of weeks have just been on a little bit of a lower note. And I always kind of assume that maybe they're having a rough time, maybe they're having a rough week, whatever, and it turns out they're just, it's becoming work. Yep. So they're going to take a couple of months off and, and reevaluate whether or not it's going to be a thing. So we'll keep we'll keep shouting them out for a little bit longer, um, but we're not going to go as in-depth, and uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on it. But their Discord's still open. It's You know, you can still go up in there and find kinds of games. They're going to run CommanderCraft the rest of the week on Wednesdays at twitch.tv forward slash podcast.com. But... So, that's I think that's the first time you've done the Twitch plug without messing it up, and it's going to be... Probably the last one for a little while. <laughs> you finally got it, Jake. Yep. And now we're done. <laughs> so, I'm sad to hear that, but I'm happy that they have recognized... Um, where they're not having fun, and they can they can start taking steps to to try and get either get the enjoyment back or get their time back. It's nobody wants to listen to a podcast made by people that don't want to do a podcast. There's a a quote from a stand up comedian. I think it was Doug Stanhope who said, "No, it might not have been him. So don't quote don't quote me on my quote." It said, "No good marriage ever ended in divorce." Yeah, yeah. So like, and that obviously they're not getting divorced. It's not you know what no, I mean. Yeah, they're still friends, but. On, like, but- Will and Aramis are no longer enjoying what they're doing. Yep. And so they're probably not making a great, great podcast. Or at least the best podcast they can. Right. So So. at that point, you just go, hey, guys, we're not cranking out quality content anymore. We're not enjoying this. Yep. We need a break. We're taking a break. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Patreon got paused right away. Like, that's not going to keep charging, obviously. Um, But, you know. If you guys have any, if you listen to their podcast or want to talk, like he'd he, he's love any feedback, any feedback you guys can give them, hop over to their Discord. I think it's discord.plantsuckerspodcast.com or whichever one it is. Yeah, I don't remember. Fortunately, I'm sorry. They're very luckily they're very easy to find. They did a great job getting yeah. all the names of everything. But uh, he's love he'd love any feedback you have for him. Will and Amos both would hop in the Discord and just tell him what you think. Like, or you can direct message him. I've had some stuff that I don't want to say I'm mean, but I'm very honest on like things I don't think they do as well. Mm-hmm. I send that privately because I don't want to just be on there flaming yeah. him. No, no. But they, but he constructive feedback very is graciously appreciated. Very graciously accepts all of your feedback, even if it might, you know, seem a little harsh. But if you mean it, if you mean it well, yeah. it's very easy to take things personally when someone's like, "I don't like how you do this," and it's like, "Ouch!" But fair, I get it. Yeah. So with that out of the way, uh, we will bid a minor fond farewell to the Plain Soccer Podcast. Yep. We'll still be around. We will still be around. Yeah, we have no intention of, except for the maybe the occasional miss one here or there, because we're, I mean, we're again, we're recording on a Wednesday at like seven o'clock, and I have to edit this tonight and get it put up by midnight. Yep. Like there might be some time we might miss some episodes here in the coming weeks with me working about an hour and a half away until four or five o'clock most days, but we have no intention of any extended hiatus. 
So uh, we do have a Patreon. If you want to support us in a very direct fashion to help us out, you can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. Every week I give a shout out to our patrons. We have Empra. Empra is responsible for putting us up on Reddit. Huge appreciation there. That dude is uh, working hard to get us more listeners. And I mean, like, for the he puts it up on the legacy thread and it gets like 20 upvotes a week, which is kind of a lot for the legacy thread. Yeah. Like, that's a lot for that dinky little thread to get. Which got, is sad. <laughs> we've got Derek and Ashley with the Family Gathering Podcast, our pod cousins. Love their podcast. Love listening to it. Can't wait for the new episode to come out. We've got Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, and Jameson. We a huge shout out to you guys. Thank you all very much for helping us put this on. Uh, extra shout out to Nate for uh, hopping into SAS Factory. He told me on Monday that he downloaded SAS Factory and started playing. Oh, nice. And like he's at the point where he's like, what is limestone for? And I'm like, it's concrete. And you need to make like four chests. You need a lot of concrete because you uh, you need you want like twenty thousand concrete at any given time. Yeah, you basically want to have infinite concrete yep, because you're going to be doing stuff and you're going to go. Oh, I need concrete, and you want to go grab like three thousand and just have it with you. Pro tip, Nate, if you're listening, if you haven't already, start using foundations as soon as possible. Yeah, like don't build anything without like measuring out how much room you want it to take, and then place foundations yep. first. That because way, the, the whole game functions. At, Better because like off of, of a, a grid and, and when you do it, there's snap a the grid. foundations to the world grid. Yeah, and, and if it you don't make know sense, what that is, look it up. Google it and how you do it. It's like you push like control or something, but you can you can place that stuff off of the world grid or on the world grid. Infinitely better if everything is on the world grid. Yeah. All right, Matt. I think I've covered everything. How's legacy looking? Uh, so we're going to talk about the Sunday challenge because that's the one we always talk about. And, uh, Delver did very well this weekend. <laughs> Wonderful. I was worried. <laughs> yep. You know, it, it wasn't, it didn't do as well last week and I was really worried that it was kind of gone. And to be fair, the, the numbers don't even ago? tell the whole story either. In my was opinion. it two weeks ago that it did bad or last uh, week? There hasn't been a weekend where it did like atrocious, horrible, but like, I don't know, maybe like 30%. Yeah. There's, there's been, there's been weekends where like it, it's like kind of one among many. Gotcha. decks and uh this is very clearly as twice the number of decks in the top 32 is the next most deck so we'll just go over normal like we do the top eight we've got Honorog, uh and zd this is a uh, online handle bringing it home with four color control and this a pretty unique four color control yeah list. this is something like i don't want to say we haven't seen anything like this before because we have like it's got some stuff in there that's new, and we'll obviously talk about that, but at its core, it's still running. Like, all the spells are pretty much the same. That's kind of the backbone of the deck. It definitely has some interesting additions to that list, It though. does. So it's a Yorion list, just so everybody knows. Of course, Honorog only plays Yorion lists. Yep. Why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. it's a free 5-5, five, five. and once you've got it figured out, or 4-5, sorry, um, then we've got four main deck Endurance, which mm-hmm. that's a lot. <laughs> Well, you happen to notice that he beat 30% at Delver. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what is also very good against Delver? Uro. Yeah. So, four Uro. Yep. Holy crap. <laughs> so, now, again, part of this is we are running a Yorion list. So, yeah. if you want to consistently the, hit these, you need the four drops. The numbers are padded a little bit. You yes. have more room, too. Right. You know what else is, is pretty good against Delver? Uh, every card in this deck. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, yep. this deck, it looks like it was, like... You know what? I'm just not lo- losing to Delver uh-huh. this week. So next up, we've got Narset, Parter of Veils. Full four of. Full four of. Very good. Against Brainstorm and Ponder, all the cantrips, like all everything they want to do. Yep. Then, this is the newest, like, this is probably the newest edition, for I mean, sure. It definitely is. We've got four Minskin Boo. 
Timeless Heroes. Yep. So that card is just... Quickly exploding. Quickly exploding, yes. That's a perfect way to put it. Now, whether or not it's... I personally don't see this, so this is one of the things... This kind of... I'll throw a little... Not shade, but like... Uh, I looked it up. There were five Elves decks in the top 32s over this weekend. One of them had Fiend Hardison in them. Just <laughs> chucking that out there. So you're saying another new stock Elves list has dropped? Right. And, well, the thing is, they're all different. Because that's the thing. is like the core of the Elves deck is good. And like just like I talked about, the core of the deck is good, and you have some flex slots. Uh-huh. So, again, we don't need to talk about Elves while we're talking about four-color control. But what I meant to say, though, is... I don't think Minskin Boo is going to be kind of like a flash in the pan like Fiend Artisan is. Gotcha. Um, at least, and I could be wrong here, but eventually you have to take a stake. I don't think Fiend Artisan, especially with Leaf Crown Visionary, is going, I think Leaf Crown Visionary is just better. Yeah. So, like, if I had to pick between the two, I'd run that. And that seems to be where people land. Okay. I don't think Minskin Boo is going to be just this flash in the pan. Minskin Boo, in my opinion, is here to stay. Yep. It's a very good card. It's useful in more than just the, like... The first things that gets chucked into or got chucked into was lands. Yeah, the the Nia lands list. The Nia lands list and and some traditional lands like it. But the main reason is it's a red green card. So where else are you going to put it? Yeah. Well, Honorog being Honorog is like you know what? I'll put it in four color control. Uh huh. <laughs> so like I'm already running a bunch of pyroblasts and whatnot. I've mm-hmm. already got the red. I already really want to be in green because it's got. Green actually has, in my opinion, probably the second best color in Legacy right yep. now. I mean, it buys you Endurance, buys you Uro. Right. Like, those are huge And pickups. now it buys you Minskin Boo, which yep. is something that's incredibly it hard for Delver to deal with. Buys you Carpet of Flowers. Carpet of Flowers, Sylvan Library. Like, again, all of these incredibly hard for Delver to deal with. Yeah, Enchantments and Planeswalkers are where it's at. Yeah. Is it like if you're trying to stick like threats against Delver that stick around, like uh-huh. that's where you need to be Planeswalkers and Enchantments. Um, and Minskin Boo is very good. Uh, it comes down and you can plus one it, and you typically speaking want to. So like, it immediately comes down and is bolt proof. Yep. So that's a huge thing. Well, okay, it doesn't. Um, not that turn. So Minskin Boo has an ETB, and that's important to realize. Yeah. You can bolt oh, it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's true. They can now, respond to the ETB. That's as soon true. as they untap, it's not. Right. As soon as you, but like, it is kind of irrelevant that in Minskin Boo, ETBs trigger on the stack to Th- make a token. Correct. And you can bolt there. Yeah. And so do I be careful flinging it in front of if a they Delver. Have open red. Yes. Yes. You have to watch that. So as soon as as soon as the trigger resolves, then you're good. Then you're good. Yes. Because then you plus then one them and go. It'll be to four. Yeah. Um, I I had missed that. I forgot about that. Easy to forget. Yeah, it, I mean, this it's, is something. It, it's an like, ETB on a planeswalker. There's is very like three rare. of them. Yeah. Um, so small correction there. But typically speaking, it's going to come down, and unless they have an immediate bolt, mm-hmm. it's going to be bolt proof. Because again, uh, the the other one is like sacrifice a creature, and in these kind of decks, you can do that. And I'm sure there's plenty of lines where that does happen. But the primary reason you're doing this is to drop it plus mint or plus boo. And then plus them again next turn yeah. and have a seven seven. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you could sacrifice that seven seven for all yeah. kinds of insane value. Even just sacrificing the four four, be like, well, that's, that, that's a lot of damage. There is like, there's there's tons of stuff going on with this card. It does a ton. I guess we, we should just go over it again. Just yeah, it's, it's relatively a, it's, new. Oh, there's a lot here. It's a four mana three loyalty planeswalker. When it ETBs uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you make sorry enters the battlefield, and at the beginning of your upkeep, the text is kind of small. Uh, you create Boo, a legendary 1-1. One, one. This is... I immediately dismissed this card just because it's kind of silly. It is. <laughs> Makes a hamster. You, you get a 1-1 one, one red hamster. 
with uh, was it reach and with trample? A, uh, trample and haste. Trample and haste. So then you can plus one him for uh, to put th- uh, three plus one plus one counters on. Sorry, the text is really hard to read on this card. I, I know it pretty well. Do you want me to go ahead and do it? No, I got it. Uh, up to one target creature with trample or haste. So the the creature you're targeting has to have trample or haste. It's boo, and then you can minus two it. Sacrifice a creature when you do Minsk and boo. Deals X damage to any target where X is that creature's power. If the sacrificed creature was a hamster, draw X cards. So, yeah. And it can be your commander. Just in case. Yeah, just in case <laughs> you weren't already yeah. playing Yorion as your commander. But it does. Yeah, it comes in with a resolve trigger. It becomes bolt proof and makes a 4-4 with trample and haste. Or no, it was a ha- yeah, tra- yeah, yeah, trample, trample and haste. And haste. Yeah. Two, I mean, two, of some, two of the most relevant keywords. Oddly enough, now I say this, but like... It's not the end of the world, obviously, but like Endurance and Uro, neither one of them have Trample or Haste. Yeah. So that does kind of suck. Um, so there's you no can double synergy. There's in no, here. yeah, you're not running anything where you could be like, oh, well, they killed my, you know, killed my boo. So now I got to, but yeah. you get your boo on your upkeep anyways if they kill boo. Yep. It, I mean, you're, you're going up cards. Yeah. So, and it does exactly what this kind of thing wants to do. I mean, this, in my opinion, for the current format, this is so much better than Jace. Which yep. is the kind of that slot is filling is at four mana. Yeah. We're like, so it comes down, let's just go best case scenario, it comes yep. down, makes your token, you plus it. You got a four four, punch him for four. For four, yep. Next turn, you can either decide whether or not you want to sacrifice it and dome him. Well, don't forget, you get to attack him for four again. Right. Yeah. Attack him again, sacrifice him and dome him <laughs> yeah. and draw cards. We're looking at twelve damage here. Uh, in a perfect and world. And four cards. And four cards. <laughs> Or you can plus them <laughs> to make him a seven-seven. To make him a seven-seven with trample. With trample, and then they're facing down the same decision yes. next turn. Only yeah. you dome them for seven. Yeah, <laughs> like the card's nuts. And over the long, like over the long game, like this is one of those where it's like Unbeatable. this isn't like answer this and in ten turns it kills you. This is answer is this and in three turns it kills yep. you. And this is a Murktide. Yeah. This is but like it's a fair this, Murktide. This is like Gruul's Murktide. Yeah. Because it, it does cost four mana and a couple turns to get there. Yeah. At least fair more fair in my opinion. Yeah. No, I personally don't this is in my opinion what legacy needs where it's obviously it's being played in a blue deck. Uh-huh. But legacy needs cards that in general aren't playing that kind of blue play style yep. that are very good yep so like this is one of kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with like mana being just you know stupid easy uh-huh. this is one of the downsides of that yeah is like a blue deck still gets to play this because you have perfect mana and legacy yep and that's kind of obnoxious but that's fetches and duels and those aren't going anywhere yeah and that that's not going anywhere that's just the world we live in in legacy but like i love the fact that like this card came in and gave a boost to most of the boost is going to non-blue decks yeah like so, that's to, in my opinion, great. Yep. Uh, the rest of the deck we've talked about before: brainstorm, ponder, prismatic ending. There's six blasts, like red blasts, in this between three in the main and three in the side. Uh, again, it is. Sorry, there's nine blasts yeah. because yeah, there's also three hydro blasts. Don't forget those three hydro blasts, because <laughs> God forbid their pyroblast hit anything. No. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've talked about this for. It does have. Which is fairly uncommon anymore. Two more terminus or uh-huh. two terminus uh, in the main. That's not something you see a ton Mm-mm. anymore. Uh, terminus has kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, if if you've been paying attention to Legacy, like uh, Anurag loves running these kind of decks. Yeah, this is something that's and he's very really good at them. Too. Yeah, he's, he's very, very good at piloting. Really him. in his wheelhouse. Yeah, 
so i wasn't surprised as soon as i like i looked at the 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 deck name and i was like oh honor played this weekend and i look over at the pilot and i'm like oh yeah honor played this yeah. weekend yep. so like that made perfect you sense see, to me you see four pips and then honor is like yeah that checks out yep got it yep so uh again we've <laughs> talked about the main of that deck quite a bit now but... that deck one is done <laughs> yeah well, the rest of this... That was a cool deck, though. It is not only is it a cool deck, but the rest of this is going to be pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, second place, Blue Red Delver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we got Maddening Hex. That's still... We, we'll throw it out there that it's in there. Yep. Uh, Engineered Explosives isn't super common to see, uh, at least lately. Yeah. But, I mean, again, it's a it's a card we see all the time, just not necessarily in Blue, Led, Blue yep. Red Delver. So the rest of Blue Red Delver looks the same, and I think we've talked uh, that deck to death. Uh, next up, hopefully, is not just Blue Red Devil. Or, no, okay, cool. <laughs> a little okay. closer to Days Undoing combo. Yes. Yep. So we've got uh, Jeskai Days Undoing. Probably, it, honestly, it's, it's more like Jeskai Control with I, a I little bit of Days Just going to say that. Probably yeah. Jeskai Control with a Days Undoing Yeah, it's package. not like hard on the counter no. on the combo. It does have Wandering Emperor and Timeless Dragon in there. But you see Double Supreme Verdict. Yeah, I like, mean. That screams control yeah. style. You've got Dovin's Veto. Supreme mm-hmm. Verdict, like Dress Down, Shark Typhoon. This six, is this six is forces. your Jeskai control list. Uh, it's just you already run want to run Narset, and then, so they just chuck in a Days Undoing as well. Yep. Costs one more slot to just wreck your opponent. And a deck like this is way more equipped to, it's going to happen less often, but really take advantage of that, where you strip them to one, and the game is going to end a lot faster with you have much better threats in this than the like the days of doing dedicated combo that has yeah. a very hard time finishing the game. You're also much better off or much better equipped to protect Narset. Mm, yep, uh, Narset's very fragile. Yeah, spe- day, days undoing when they have a bolt up is terrifying. Right. So uh, again, we talked about the deck quite a bit. Uh, it's not going to play. It's going to play differently, but it's a control deck, so it's going to be kind of in the same wheelhouse as the four-color control, just approaching the game in a different way. Yeah. Um, but we've seen these lists quite a bit as well. This, If you like your kind of draw-go magic, yep. that's what we're doing here. We're holding up Force of Wills, countering their big crap, you know, swords at the end of your turn, prismatic ending occasionally during the main phase, and then cantripping during your main phase. Stuff like that. So, uh, sideboard ruination. We've seen it before, but like mm-hmm. that's kind of the standout of this sideboard. Four blue blasts. Yeah, I think it's it, so That's, that makes sense to me because dude, how many decks do you see running? I know one was, to three pyroblasts in the main and two more in the side. Yep, and I know. Like, it's that's how inbred the meta yep. has gotten to the point where like the control deck that went <laughs> the control deck that wins has six red blasts and three blue yeah. blasts. And well, then, we were talking about for the last several months. We were talking about like how indicative of a, in my opinion bad meta it is when one to three red blasts is main boardable we're now where a couple blue blasts are maybe main boardable right because the main because red i mean like we're, we're getting to vintage vintage you just play red blast doesn't matter what you're doing you just play red blast and you might play blue blast also well the fact of the matter is not it's not half but like a lot of blue red delver i mean there's red in it too so there's it's, oh yeah it also just hits things it's also just hits things and it like, hits and the, drc it hits um, lightning bolt it hits pyroblast obviously we talked about it hits expressive iteration which is big so another thing uh this deck has very limited answers to a resolved maddening hex yep or minskin boot or minskin boot and it just loses yeah like it, it just straight up loses to those there's yeah there, there's, there's no, no world... control deck in the world that can outrace a maddening hex yeah absolutely not 
So like it makes that makes sense to me. I think yeah. it's, uh, th- th- those are it's good just, decisions. It's just sad. Like, Four hydroblasts. That's like it makes sense they're in there. It's just sad that that's where the meta is at. Dude, where like I don't know what to eight do. cards in this sideboard. Mm-hmm. More than half of the cards in this sideboard end in blast. Yep. What are we doing? We're playing legacy, I guess. <laughs> Legacy's fine. All, no. ar- all archetypes are represented. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no changes needed at this time. All right. So uh, next up, this is a cool list. In fourth place, we've got Death Shadow, and I, this is I, not that this deck is particular. That this list is unique. Just I like seeing Death Shadow. Yeah. This is kind of what I was. Uh, I kind of hinted at it a little bit with um, when I said like uh, you know nine of the top thirty-two with Delver being not the whole story. Death Shadow is not blue red Delver, but it's kind of blue red. Delver. It's close. It's what's well, that. Like, it's very disruption based with a quick clock. Right. So just saying, like this isn't wildly different than yeah. blue red. Now instead of running well, you do run you do run days, but like you're instead of running like Wasteland Days and uh Force of Will, you're running mostly like things like Thought Season Him to Turok. You still have Force One, all that. But your key pieces you're relying yeah. on are Thought Seize Him to Turok. Yeah, you're replacing stuff push. like Bolt with Thought Seize. Yeah. Uh, the creatures obviously pivot from like Delver to Death Shadow. Duh, yep. in the name. Uh, the funny thing is, this deck really only has effectively eight creatures. I know Street Wraith technically counts, but yeah, no, it's pretty rare that they cast them. And yeah. this list isn't running Reanimate, which was a common thing back in the day. Uh-huh. You'd cycle a Street Wraith and then Reanimate it, and not only does that nuke your health, which is exactly what you want to mm-hmm. do, but a three four isn't a horrible creature. No, for one, but for five, it's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah for this is five. Things have to things. Get, you're probably losing that game anyways. To me, that's the equivalent of when the burn deck casts Simeon Spirit Guide. Right. You totally can. Shit is bad. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the list is the typical blue soup stuff. So you got, although to be fair, it does have a preordain. So that's, I mean, that's where we're at now, where we're differentiating how many preordains a deck has. Yep. Uh, but, it's, you know, Stubborn Denial, Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Him to Turok, Snuff Out, stuff yeah. like that. Stuff that costs life to use is what they're kind of wanting to do. Anybody who knows Death Shadow knows kind of what we're doing here. Um, Easily could be a very relatively budget list. Yeah. You know, you pull out at least one of those Underground Seas right away. You could probably pull out two of those, those both those Underground Seas and just run a, a full pain mana base. And you're looking at taking this $3,000 deck and cutting out $1,700. Yeah. It's relative. As far as legacy goes, yeah. I mean, hell, even even this exact list is like half of what else is. Yeah. And the nice thing about this, we, once in a while we talk about, you know, budget option, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is, again, let's say you don't buy those dual lands. This is a great entry-level deck into blue in legacy. Yeah. Because you're going to you're gonna get your Force of Wills. You're going to learn how to cast Brainstorm. You're going to learn how to uh, use Days. Like, this is a good jumping on point for a lot of the blue soup stuff in legacy. Yep. At a... Like I said, and you, in my opinion, also has a better combo matchup, typically speaking, which a lot of new players, that's one of the things they struggle with is mm-hmm. when someone turn two show and tells yep, or just, turn one reanimator. Yeah, yeah. Like turn one thought sees does hell against or does really work against that. Especially when backed up by six forces. Yeah. <laughs> like Good luck, bud. Yeah, thought sees into him with force backup is, yeah. you know, hell on combo decks. Yeah. Good luck getting that grizzle brand out. Right. Well, I just discarded him into your graveyard. <laughs> No. no I, with the him. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess you could him it away. <laughs> you better hope uh, you hit the reanimate yeah. and the Yeah, the, be careful, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but there's only two in there, so Yeah. But to be fair, what you typically speaking would do is you thought he's first, grab the reanimate, then yep. him him later, and then it doesn't matter. Yep. So and you still got force of will to protect. Yeah. 
though. Well, there's a decent chance by the time you hit them, they only have three cards in their hand anyway. Yep. <laughs> Next up, in uh, fifth place, we've got another blue-red list. This one doesn't have a brazen borrower in it. Boo. Next. <laughs> I've just... Is in no way, as far as the whole podcast... Am I the same as like Will and, Mar- Will and Aramis? But as far as Blue Red Delver goes, yeah. I don't I don't care to talk about it anymore. Yeah, like yep, I, it got its place. There's if there's something interesting, we'll talk about it. But I was reading, um, so small tangent. Uh, you guys have been giving us a lot of reviews on our social on our we things. have, and I Matt saw that we have like twenty. I forgot 30. to shout that out last week. We have like thirty five star reviews on Spotify. That's fucking insane. Thank you guys very much. Uh, I started doing some digging like Apple and Google, whatever, and it might have been on Apple. I think. Another one I found, we had another a couple more reviews. And so one of them, it was, we had like like three five-star reviews and then a 4.5. Mm-hmm. And the comment was, if they stop talking, if they stop saying the word ban so much, I'll change it to five. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I was like, that's a happy middle ground. I'll meet you in the middle there. You can give it 4.5. Yep. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that was the thing that we started like getting reviews. So thanks everybody. Well, we had asked them. Uh, yeah, we did. A few weeks ago about it. And thank, again- I noticed it last week, and I even told Jake about it, and then I just totally spaced it yeah. to bring it up. But he so, sh- he said that, and I was like, no fucking way. And he showed me. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, as a tangent, to continue it, thank you all. Yeah. If you haven't done so, it does help out a ton yeah. to go there and just, you don't have to write a review or anything. And you, I'm not even, like I said last time, I'm not going to ask you for a five-star yeah. review. Honest just reviews. give us an honest rating is what yep. you think. It does help a lot. Yep. Obviously, the more five-star reviews helps the most, but just more reviews in general. And there's going to be one, four and a half. Stop doing dumb tangents in the middle of top eights. <laughs> you can four and a half that the rest of your life, but that ain't happening. I know. That's whole, that's half of this podcast yeah. is tangents. You ready for the 30-minute podcast then? <laughs> right. Uh, Four-color control, blue-red Delver, Jeskai control, Death Shadow, Rhea. <laughs> and on to modern. And then on to modern, yep. Uh, speaking of which, sixth place after we did our three-minute yeah. tangent. Uh Reanimator. There's a reason I picked that as the combo to uh, discuss when we're talking about Death Shadow. Uh, we've got Reanimator. Jake, you want to take the lead yeah, on this sure. one? It doesn't look like it's anything new to me. No, this is. We've seen a lot of these Reanimator lists be bouncing around a lot. We've seen a lot of them that are bouncing down to three Grizzlebrand. Uh, no, oh god, I just forgot the name. I forgot the name of it. What's the Archon of Cruelty? No. no. What's the one that you pitch it and they have to they have to pay us? You reveal it. Chancellor of the Annex. Yeah, Chancellor of the Annex. I kept getting on Archon. So the we have we still have like more traditional lists running the Chancellors in the main to uh, force feed turn one and two. That's why that's why I when I say force yeah. feed I mean like it's happening no matter what. I don't care if you have force of will. Yeah. Uh, this is a newer style in the past three to six months where we've replaced those with griefs, which have better staying power in the game and better draw potential. So it makes total sense. You're going down. You're going down on cards, which kind of sucks. But no one really cares in no. this deck, so it's okay. The whole deck is going down on cards yeah. to get a good card. And why it makes total sense to me is you just draw the comparison of like Chancellor after turn one. If you don't have in your opening hand after you draw, it, it's useless. It's not useless, but like you don't want to reanimate it over anything else. Like it's yeah. it's, it's the if worst you're target. Casting in tomb most of the time, you're not getting Chancellor. Yeah, and it's kind of like the Leyline of the Void thing, where if you have to, if it's your first draw. It's you. You didn't draw a card, whereas grief, while not as good in your opening hand, is just better the rest of the game because it always pitches for a free thought seize or a free unmask. Yep. So we got four grief, one Sarah's emissary, and three archon of cruelty. Like just to emphasize how fracking good that card is. Very good. Four Grizzlebrand, three archon of cruelty, and there's a lot of situations where archon is just better than Grizzlebrand. Mm-hmm. 
Low life situations, I'm going to say like sub 10 life, which happens a lot in these actually games two and three. Like Archon's just better. It, it, it'll well, do more. a lot more. of your second and third games, like the first game, I don't want to say it's a gimme, but a lot of games. Like, that's, well, that's kind of the point of the deck. Yeah. Game one, you have a very, it's kind of a lopsided matchup against most decks. Yes. Games two and three, that's how everyone catches up. And that's why we don't see top eights with half reanimator. Yes. Because games two and three are very difficult. They are. And Archon, in my opinion, is much better in probably in games two or three yep. than Grizzlebrand. There's a lot of situations where the Archon ETBing <clears throat> and doing all the crap it does is better than a Grizzlebrand ETB being maybe drawing seven but putting you to like six life yeah bolt bolt dead yeah exactly and then you have the but beyond that this is then it's it's as you expect everything's the same the only thing we ever see really change in these lists is the creature suite whether you're ranked chancellors or griefs or uh grizzle brands and what your supplemental creatures are but beyond that i, I see nothing here that's at all different uh three dothy in the side is kind of cool um works really good with thought seas and grief uh, mm-hmm. If you can go like turn two, Dothy Voidwalker. Obviously, it's also just good against any graveyard shenanigans you're playing against. Yeah. Uh, but it is an amazing combo with Thoughtseize. Obviously, you can get a lot of decks where you can do some pretty broken stuff if you can get the Dothy out, throw a Thoughtseize out, and I will take that Emrakul. Thank you very much. Right. And I'll sacrifice it and cast it for free. I'll absolutely cast Emrakul and take a free turn, take an extra right. turn. So uh, beyond that, like the Iona, which I I'm a big I'm a big proponent of running Iona in your sideboard. Uh, it's one card. And it says to a lot of decks, you cannot win the game. Yep. I mean, like, it's elves. N- not so much with elves anymore. There's a lot of people running Snuff Out and Shriek Maw. So if you name green. Yeah, it's true. That's true. It's true, true, true. It's not a guaranteed. It's yeah. still wildly in your favor. But it's not an auto scoop. It's not an auto scoop. Yeah. Like that. Uh, mono, mono Red Stompy, um, Merfolk, and probably Delver. And you can you can lock Delver I mean, out of all of its blue shit. And like, right. all, you, all you can draw is Bolt now. Right, probably. And I have a seven-seven flyer. And I have a seven-seven flyer. So, yeah, I and think you it, can't cast Merc time. I think it's almost <laughs> always worth the one sideboard slot. Yeah. Wears and tears makes sense. Magus of the Moons is a great sideboard option um, for those four-color those four-color lists just to really punish those expensive lands. And uh, well, and again, the cool thing, Magus of the Moon is one of those where you don't have to rip it off the top and cast it. You can, which yep. this deck is very capable of dropping three mana on turn one. Absolutely. Um, but in theory, you can also entomb and reanimate yeah, it. Yeah, if that's the position you're in. I like, mean, if it's going to be a win to cast this, yeah. or you're, you're going to lose next turn. If it's just three strip mines. Right. Like, it might be worth it. Yep. So having one in there, in my opinion, yep. is a really good call. And then Fairy Macabre and Serenity. Fairy Macabre is probably my... If you're looking for targeted graveyard hate uh, at this price point, it nothing's better. Yeah. Well, and especially, not only is it instant speed, it's an activated ability, not yeah. a cast. Uncounterable. And it discards cards. Or, like, or sorry, um... I, I misread that wrong. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just effectively uncounterable. Yeah. Gets a couple things. It's... For whatever reason I read it is you have to discard oh, another like card. Oh, you discard a card? Yeah. I was like, well, that... That'd be really good. I don't know why, because I've read Fairy yeah. Macabre like a million Fight, times. It fights for a very similar spot as Surgical Extraction. Certainly better in some instances and certainly worse in others. But I love... I, I probably prioritize Fairy Macabre over Surgical in a lot of situations. Because I've played a lot of Magic with decks like this. And like I'm ready for anything, except that. Right. Except uncounterable instant speed activated abilities. <laughs> Sadly, no stifles. Actually, oh. what you know what that means? It's time for stifle. It's time for. It's stifle. Been long enough. It's time for stifle <laughs> again. Got to be stifling those fairy macabres. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Seventh place, we've got this is listed as whole day echo stompy. So this, this is uh, displacer kitten monastery mentor whole breacher to fairy. Narset, Days Undoing, Echo Veils. This is a lot. <laughs> so I guess, 
strictly speaking, the deck name isn't that far off. It's Hull kind of Day, a mess. Echo, and Stompy. So Hull Breacher Day's undoing. Yep. Echo. Yep. And is Stompy going to be the Monastery Mentor? Is that our Stompy? I mean, I'm not. It's got to be. The Stompy thing is what kind of throws it off a little bit for me. Like, this doesn't feel like a Stompy. Like, when I think Stompy, I think of the way people used to call Red Prison and just called Dragon Stompy. Yeah. And the decks have changed a lot and evolved over time. Super aggressive, super fast. But, like, so usually what it's paired up with something like Chalice, it's powering out of Chalice or Trinisphere and then yeah. stomping you to death with crap like that. Well, it does. This it does, does have Chalice. And it does power it out pretty well. But it doesn't, like, stomp, in my opinion. No. So it combos. Yeah, this to me is disruption to buy time for your combo. Yep, this is whole day echo combo. Yeah, so I'm not sure I would call this a stomp. This is whole day echo kitty combo. Yeah, so that's what this it's is. It's still very cool. Although um, I guess it's not really kitty combo. Well, let's see. You don't have the uh, the Karn combo, but you do have the Teferi Time Raveler combo. Yeah, which if I told you how that one works. That one's very oh, we linear. We went over it. Very linear. It's you can bounce your own Teferi. Your Teferi bounces your zero drop artifact. Draws you a card, and then yeah. you play the artifact again. And then once you're playing something like Mox Opal, or uh, you couldn't play Mox Diamond, I guess, but you could probably play Chrome Mox because um, you're drawing a card. So you, mm-hmm. you can be going. I guess you'd be going. You would. You'd be saying card neutral, but you can be generating mana. You can start yeah. making mana. So yeah, yeah. We basically read the entire list. It's a bunch of four. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of four. It's a ton of four ofs in a sixty card deck, uh, as opposed to a Yorion deck. Yeah. One displacer kitten, two monastery mentor. Yep, and you can kind of tell what their game plan is with the side. So the side actually brings in Force of Wills and Timeless Dragons. Uh-huh. So they're trying to pivot there to a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a control. Like, so when you think about a combo deck, you rarely think of them being the control deck in the matchup. Yep. And that's kind of what they're trying to pivot to do. Yeah. Because, I mean, time, you don't bring Timeless and Dragon in because a super fast card. You know what I mean? It's a five mana, five, five. So on turn five, you can throw down a four turn clock. So like, we're not talking. Yeah. Super speed here. And it's just that, like, every, the transformational sideboards are usually bad. I get that. But I've won a lot of games with a transformational sideboard because your opponent <clears> fucks <throat> their deck over to take care of combo. And you're like, and actually, they have a ton of dead cards. I'm yeah. just planning on discarding Timeless Dragons and making 4 4s. Right. So I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And then backing it up with Force of Will. Yeah. So, again, t- to me, transformational sideboards are one of those things that they can be effective as long as they're not too effective if that makes sense if everyone starts to do them or if like uh back when you were playing your uh world gorger oko deck it was like if that becomes a thing then the transformation doesn't work yeah nearly as well it can still you can still get them yeah but but that's the whole point of it is like no one sees it coming yep and then haha you brought in your ley line of the voids for my yeah non-graveyard deck playing an oko and making a three three right I'm going to beat you to death with food tokens. Yep. Enjoy that. Enjoy your Tormod's Crypt, rest in peace, Layla and the Void draw. Right. Glad you mulliganed to five. Yeah. Not that great, is it? Uh, speaking of is it, eighth oh. place, <laughs> that was actually an accident. <laughs> <laughs> At least the setup was. The payoff was intentional. Uh, Blue Red Delver, eighth place. Uh, nothing different. Cool. I mean, it looks almost identical to the uh, fifth place list. Cool. Except it has a Brazen Borrower in it. So, yeah. Blue Red Delver. So... Going over to the metagame summary, we've got nine Blue Red Delver in the top 32. And again, there's probably a couple other things, like there's some Jeskai lists in here. There's that Death Shadow list, which again, I know is not Delver, but... That Delver strategy. It's Murktide at the very least. But to keep it consistent, let's do most of our complaining about Delver. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if Death Shadow was popular. If we split Um, that, like, oh, there's only 18% Delver and 10% Death Shadow. Yeah. Um, 
the other category is the next biggest one. So you, that's where you get these uh, uncategorized just lists of colors lists. So like the blue, the Jeskai stuff, which, hey, I was right. That's a Delver list. <laughs> so... Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I hadn't clicked on that. Uh, next up, the next biggest individual deck would be Elves with four, 12.5%. That's the same meta percentage that got uh, Mir or Miracles booted, but this is obviously just one tournament. No, man, uh, totally different. If I uncomparable. I'd have to look at them again um, since we were talking about Fiend Artisan. Uh, if I remember correctly, Aaron Relentless is the one who he's got the highest rank at 16, highest place at mm -hmm. 16th. Uh, he did not have Fiend Artisan. He also didn't have the uh, the new Leaf Crown Visionary either, if I remember correctly. He didn't run that on Sunday. This is just a pretty typical uh, Elvish Reclaimer list. Gotcha. So I can't keep track with these stock lists. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, so uh, stock list, four guys, cradles. <laughs> that's the stock elves list. That's anymore. what stock elves means. <laughs> now, if that starts getting cut, then then we can talk about some, there's some weird shit happening. Yeah. That gets cut. Uh, then we got reanimator, sneak and show, and uh, green white depths with two ofs and then some one ofs. So not a very diverse metagame is what I would say. Uh, there is mono white hammer did get 13th. So cool. that's cool. Uh, show and tell is <laughs> on here. Omni tell. Uh, that's something we haven't seen a ton of lately. Very, very little. And based on the data we got from uh, the, the MTG report with, oh, fuck, I just forgot his name. The guy who does all the reporting, he, he gathers so much data. It's Volrath. Mm -hmm. It's Volrath. Uh, like, Omnitel's win rate was like Bad. 40%, 45%. Yep, uh, Ninja's also top 32, so any of the Ninja lovers, there's that. Uh, looking at that list, it doesn't look like there's anything super cool that we haven't seen since Kamigawa came out. Uh, you got Moon Circuit Hacker. Which was kind of a new card. Yeah, so, it was a interesting pickup for sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as the most played cards go, we've got Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Days, and Expressive Iteration. That shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Gasp. Yep. I mean the <laughs> Brainstorm, po Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Days, Expressive Iteration, Merktide Regent, DRC. That's the seven. Yep. Most played cards. You almost just built uh, Blue Red Dover. Right. And then the next is Surgical Extraction. Pedal. Pedal. Then and bolt. Lightning Bolt. Yeah. So eight of the top ten are the main deck of Blue Red Delver. Uh, top creatures: Merktide, DRC, Delver, Reclaimer, and then Grizzlebrand. And then the rest are just from Elves, pretty much. And then top spells: uh, Brainstorm, Force Will, Ponder, Days, Expressive Iteration. Sweet. So that's the Legacy Challenge for Sunday. So, yeah. Not All right. Let's hop over to that modern meta game. So we're gonna look at Sunday Challenge as well. Bring it home, Notorious with two S's. <laughs> uh, Merktide Regent, so we got Blue Red, Delver back in Modern again. Uh, this is one of those decks that we've done talk about for a while now, is is kind of one of the best decks in Modern. Even though like we talk about how it might not have the best win rate, it definitely is one of the most played decks for sure, and I think people have a lot of fun playing it. Now, looking at this, this is exactly what we expect. Uh, DRC, Ledger Shredder, Ragavan, Merktide. Mostly threes and uh, four Ragavans. The same spells every week. I shouldn't say that I'm not. I'm definitely not as upset about talking about these as Delver, but I'm not in love with talking about these either because it's just like, yeah, it's all the same spells. Yep, it's all the same creatures. Spell snare is fairly uncommon, but yeah, the one it's of still a modern. The one, I mean, the two of so actually, that's fair. The two spell pierce and the one spell snare yeah. are kind of interesting decisions for sure. But 
not much uh, interesting in this deck, front or back. Maybe the main board or yeah. the sideboard. Two subtleties. Subtleties still getting work done. It's slowly creeping up. It's now up to like 14 bucks. Second place, a list we don't see nearly as often, Scape Shift. Uh, it, it, it's labeled as Teamer Control, Yeah, but this is Scape Shift Combo. <laughs> Again, a, that's why you gotta you have to know a little bit what you're talking about when yeah. you look at MTG Goldfish. Like you look at this and you go, "Wow, a team or control list." No, right. So they, they say it's control. I mean, you've got things like remand, you've got fire and ice, you've got um, expressive iteration. You got stuff in there to buy time. I can see how you could look at that and be like, "Oh, there's just some controlling elements." The problem is this tech does not win with Dryad of the Elysian Grove or Renin Six. No. It wins with Scape Shift. Valakut and a bunch of fucking mountains. Yeah, like that's not how a control it's not deck feel with... very controlling when you're <laughs> yeah. bolted seventeen times, times in, in one turn. turn. <laughs> oh, oh I just got controlled all over my face. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> oh man, that might be a new quote for a t-shirt. It's not going to feel very controlled when you get bolted seventeen times in the face. <sighs> Uh, I did just read most of the deck lists. So yeah, that's basically, I, mean, I mean, there is one, uh, there's one dress down in the main. Like I said, there's some controlling aspects in here for sure. Uh, yeah, said, like I said, it's there to buy time. But they're just there to buy time and just to secure that combo finish at the end. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, third and fourth are indomitable creativity lists. Uh, there's one difference that one of them is running white, one of them isn't? Question mark? Uh, one of them is uh, the white one's got Leyline Binding. Yes, yes, I was, I was trying it. So uh, in third place, we've got a Archon of Cruelty, Indomitable Creativity list. Uh, nothing in here looks particularly new from what we've seen, except we're running four Leyline Bindings with those four Fable, the Mirror Breakers. Um, now, what is interesting to me is you are definitely warping your mana base for this if they're running the off-color fetches like I think they are... I th- yes. So they are running off-color fetches like Raugren Triome. To I guess I, it's hard to say it's off-color because it's 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 the white for the one of Leyline Binding, but like you're running a three mana tap land and a couple uh, and a Sacred Foundry, a two mana shock land, and the uh, Zyator's Proving Ground. You're running like there's no way you're ever like Zyator's Proving Ground gives you black, which. There's no, it's useless unless you're going to cast the Archon of Cruelty, which, in fairness, could happen. Well, if I'm looking at this, okay, they do have another Blood Crypt. Okay. I was looking for another actual black source to give them two black. Gotcha. <laughs> and they do so, have a, they do have a Blood Technically, they can. Yeah. Uh, but what you, I mean, realistically, what those are there for is so you can fetch your five colors. Yeah. Now, in fairness, when you warp your mana base for that, and your reward is a one mana instant speed O ring, and I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched Fletcher a couple games on Monday, and holy shit. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times I'd walk around the tables, and I'd come over to see Fletcher, and he has three lands and two things under Leyland Binding. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. It's one of the reasons why, as far as Pioneer goes, why I'm very glad I play kind of a low-to-the-ground deck, uh-huh. where it's just like, it, like that's still very good, even against the decks I'm going to play, but like it's nice to not get blown out on mana. As well, like I'm not committing to a five drop that just gets killed for one, which is yep. That's gonna be like in that's a very good card in the right decks. Like that's probably for the decks that can play it at little to no cost. It's the best removal spell ever printed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. When you meet the criteria, it's just and the criteria is not terribly difficult. If you're gonna run these, um, you're already running four. Just splash white. I'm kind of yeah. I, I obviously with this deck. 
it just encourages this four color, five color soup decks. Yeah. Where it's like all good shit. With the the combination of that and prismatic ending, I'm I hope is not too much for a good stuff deck that it kind of takes over. Takes over because like I could see like the four color Omnath decks just splashing that fifth yeah. color, and then now all of a sudden and you I mean, have the best removal spell as well. One thing we're not talking about is even at two, that card is it's probably really one of good. the best removal spells ever. Mm-hmm. A two mana instant speed O ring, and it's not two. It's not white white. It's not white red. It's one white. Right. Like that also might be too powerful. Yeah. Like, let, let's say, hypothetically, if they printed this that just, just said one white, do this, that's way too powerful, clearly. Yep. If they printed that said one and a white, do this, that's also probably too powerful still. Yeah. And if you run those four-color decks, that's basically what it is. Again, it all kind of comes back to, like, that's one of the things I love about Pioneer. Yeah, I love you don't that have there's that no shit. free spells. Like, Fletcher gets to run it. That dude has, like, 12... Um, Triomes in his deck. Right. That deck is slow. That well, dude that dude is a turn behind. Turns one through fives are slow. <laughs> yes. That dude is a turn behind every single person sitting across from him. Yep. That's just how it is. That's now the Multiple reward is turns huge. behind. Like, because in my opinion, those are cumulative. Like, yeah. Yeah. Turn, it's not straight the up. The difference between turn four and turn five is not one turn. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, uh, that card's crazy. It is. It's very good. So, if you're interested, if you're kind of one of those dudes who plays a lot of those four color, I. That's one of those things, again, I don't like giving people advice. If I had those kind of decks, I'd pick them up now just in case. Yeah. And I think like, or at least watch the price, and if they start to keep ticking up, because, I mean, a place that's currently... They're kind of expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they're like they're, 12 bucks. They're 10 or 12 bucks. Yeah, they're 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 a little less than Fable, but similar. Yeah. Uh, Fable's probably going to be more because it still sees a lot of play in Standard. Yeah. But still, like, that's a good card. It's a very good card. It's a very good card. Fourth place was another creativity list. Uh, this list is almost identical, except it's not. It's running a Jace the Mind Sculptor, and it's running zero Leyland Bindings. So yeah. this is a four-color list. It just didn't splash for the white for that. And I'd it, say it's a four-color list. It has black for Archon of Cruelty. This is a three-color yeah. list. Uh, help me out, Matt. What's uh, blue teamer? Blue, white, uh, green? Blue, white, green is Bant. Bant. No, it's not. Blue, white, green? Blue, white, green is Bant? Yeah. What's teamer? Uh, red, blue, and green. That's what this is. Sorry, I said blue, white, green. This is red, blue, and green. Gotcha. So I am sorry. Yep. This is a teamer list. So this is this is a teamer list. It's got black in there for Archon. You're never casting Archon. Uh, it's it 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 does have the black mana. It does have the Zia Taurus Proving Ground, and it does have the. Don't they have it? Don't they? Yeah, the Blood Crypt. Yeah. So technically, it's castable, but not really. So other than that, this is basically the same list. This is what we see most every week. I don't see anything here that's. Particularly different. Sixth place, good old living end. Uh, this is the list that Fletcher brought it home with at his RC or his RCQ. You skipped fifth place. Did I? Yeah. It's, oh, because oh, it actually is teamer control. Because it's well, uh, no, because it's another <laughs> escape ship deck. Well, I just I I was we just we the whole like teamer. oh this is teamer and yeah. then I I just skipped right yep. over. Sorry guys, yeah, teamer control escape shift. <laughs> also escape shift. I mean almost the exact same. There is a, a little bit of a difference. Uh the first list was running one Secura Tribes uh Tribe Elder mm-hmm. for some more ramping. This one's running four Arboreal Grazer. Uh probably the better ramp spell. Uh Secura Tribe Scout doesn't require you to have more lands in your hand, obviously, but Arboreal Grazer is faster. It is a blocker, which is hyper relevant in a Ragavan world. Yeah. I mean, like Arboreal laughs at your Ragavan. Yep. A, a, a lot. Uh it's probably just better in my opinion. Beyond that, it's almost the exact same. It is. This is something uh, you and I talked about a little bit off air. Uh, Impulse is now modern legal and pioneer legal. Impulse is... wasn't modern legal? Nope. I did not know that. As far as I know, it was not modern legal. Well, in fairness, 
I don't think I've ever seen Impulse in a deck, and there's Impulse in this list. Yeah. So Impulse, uh, for those who don't know, it's a two-mana, one colorless, and a uh, blue for an instant, look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Now, if you're running the old school version, it also then tells you to shuffle your library. <laughs> Just no misprint. Put them on the bottom in any order, then shuffle. Yeah. So don't do that anymore. Don't do that. Uh, but Impulse is very good. Used to see a ton of play. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say, like, I'm not, like, super high on it as far as, like, modern goes. Uh, I think it's playable, potentially. Uh, this guy's clearly testing it out. It's a good uh -huh. card. I think it would see a lot more play if Expressive Iteration wasn't legal. Kind of a duh. Yeah, it's... Two mana for two cards or two mana for the best... Like... It, it's instant speed. It's easier to cast. Yeah. But it's also just worse. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, as far as Pioneer goes, though, I, I don't know... Like, Impulse, in my opinion, is the correct power level for Pioneer. It's just a matter of whether or not it finds a deck. Yeah. That's, I might that's try the big it. thing with me. I might try it in my Esper deck. I still don't... I run those uh, the four mana ones. Mm -hmm. The memory deluge. Memory deluge. And it it really the the thing is is like I might it needs impulse. a deck where you what you have in your hand early on matters more mm -hmm. than the card advantage because that's the thing is like memory deluge is going to give you two cards. Yeah. But you're not going to get them till turn four, and you're probably not going to cast them right away either. Yeah. Uh, impulse is better at fixing those early turns, finding you an, an answer for yeah. like a quicker answer. Helps you dig quick, a lot, very quickly. Right. Um, th so they just, I don't want to say they're not comparable because they do a very similar thing, but they, they solve different problems that's at true. different points and, in the game. And one is literally card advantage and yeah. one is not. Right. So, so that's what I mean is like it, Impulse needs the right deck that cares about it being faster. Mm -hmm. Like you're giving up the card advantage for the speed. So that's a good point. It's a good, a good assessment. Yeah. Hopefully it does. I think Impulse is a really cool card, and the new art it looks great. Now, can I discuss Hammer or uh, Living End? You sure can. Hey, it's Living End next. Hey, deck. it's Living End. <laughs> it is Living. It's uh, it has Colossal Sky Turtle. Hey, cool. <laughs> I was joking with Fletcher because it's like he won this. He won the RCQ with Living End, and I was like, oh, I love that deck. And I was like, yeah, I play Reanimator, and his face lit up, and he's like, oh, I love that deck, especially now that uh, Spiring Spike has a new. It's called Cottage Cheese. Mm -hmm. um, it uh, utilizes. Aether Mage's Touch, mm -hmm. which, you know what that does? Not off the top of my head. So Aether Mage's Touch is two blue, two blue white for an instant. I'm going to say, I'm going to pick, an, I think it's four, but reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a creature card from them onto the battlefield until the until your next end step. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to your hand. So it works, works really well with Witch's Cottage. Mm -hmm. So Witch's Cottage is like Mystical Sanctuary. Yeah. Where it ETBs. But it's a graveyard. Graveyard to the top of the yeah, deck. Yeah, a bad raised dead. It's a, it's yeah, it's it's more like a. Uh, what's the green one? What's that green instant you can? Yeah, it's reclaim. It's like it's reclaim. A reclaim. Yeah. So here's what it's good at though. Setting up that card. <laughs> no. Yes, yes, yes. But it's good at forcing your opponents to use their graveyard hate before you dedicate another card. That's what's really good at. I saw that combo, and I didn't think it was very good. I like that was like clunky. I I've already spent a card to get into the graveyard. Why would I want to? Spent I'm putting more cards that are kind of independently bad, but a lot of situations your opponent's got a hearse or a Nihil Spellbomb or a Tormod Script, and you can, by cracking a fetch land, put them to the test of either making them do it or or resolving Aether Mage's Touch and putting it into the, yeah. onto the battlefield. And the ability to force the graveyard hate without having to commit more cards to it is a game changer mm -hmm. because that's like. When you stick that graveyard hate, that usable graveyard hate, I have to commit a persist 
or something to yeah. make you use it so I can then rebuild. And this is like Crack and Fetch Land. And half the time, the people who were playing, because it was new, just let it happen. And then it's like, oh, well, and Archon's like, well, on cool. the top of my deck. Um, yeah, at the end of your turn, I'm going to Aether Mage's Touch, put it on the battlefield, my turn, attack, then put it back in my hand. But I've right. drawn two cards, you've discarded two cards, sacked two creatures. Like, yeah. It's a blowout at this point. Yeah. So, Ooh. really cool. Didn't Sorry. he also have a Esper Mentor list? I he... know. I saw the, somebody posted that on like Discord. Uh, or... Emperor talked about it. I watched game one and uh, wasn't real. I, I, the funny thing is, I need like 100 bucks and I can buy the deck. And the 100 bucks is Ledger Shredders. Yeah. Ledger Shredders is 75 bucks for the set. I need three of them. The set is 75 bucks. And then I need like Bobbles for 30. And like I can buy that deck for like 140 bucks today. Buying Bobble for the. They're like, they're like nine bucks a piece. That feels so dirty. Yeah, it does. I bought Dual Lands. I don't want to buy Mistress Bobble. Yeah. Um, I watched one game and I did not love it. Yeah. But if I do buy that, it lets me play on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I do love playing Monastery Mentor what and What didn't you like about the one game you watched? Uh, it was against Tron. Mm-hmm. And the deck. Now, it, it, the problem is, like, he just, like, he got stuck on lands a couple times. He didn't have. The deck didn't show up for yeah. sure. But it just, like, it. Here's what here. In my mind. I'm comparing it to Reanimator because I have Reanimator, and Reanimator is all top end, all power. And this was very dirtily. Mm-hmm. It's a mentor deck. So, I mean, it makes sense, but like it's very dirtily. It's very vulnerable, where it can do the thing and it still doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, one thing I like about Reanimator is when it does the thing, you're it's probably very hard to be. You're probably fucked. So that's why I watch the rest of them for sure. And I'm really hoping is this is like his first draft and he'll play another few leagues with different iterations. That's why I kind of did with Reanimator. Like on his fourth or fifth Reanimator video, I started buying the cards because mm-hmm. he just goes through and tweaks. So I'm looking forward to watching him hopefully make a few more videos and watching all that one for sure. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is Living End. It's Living End. It's all the Living End cards you can run in Living End. Uh, let's wrap this up. We're getting a little late. Seventh place, Hammer Time. This is back to our Azorius Hammer Time. Two Spell Pierce, uh, Reality Chip. Uh, on the sideboard, you get Lavinia and a single Teferi Time Raveler. Makes sense. Beyond that, uh, of note, for Ornithopter, no Memnites. Yep. And the artifact package we're looking at here, one Cauldra complete. And that's basically it for your Stoneforge, other than the Shadow Spear yeah. and the Colossal Colossus Hammer. Nothing other, no other tangential, no uh, living wet, or no. Um, no swords or anything. No, like no Nettlesis, no swords, none of that. Other than that, nothing that we don't expect to see. And wrapping it up in eighth place, we've got the good old-fashioned colorless Eldrazi Tron. So huge fatties like Matter Reshaper, Thought Not Seer, Reality Smasher. And then on our top end, we've got like Ulamog, we've got Ugin the Ineffable, we've got eight mana Ugin the Spirit Dragon. All is dust to clean the board up. And then the controlling aspects you expect to see, and the searching aspects you expect to see. Some Chalice of the Voids, some Relic of Progenitus, Expedition Maps, Blast Zones. We do have a, um, so we've got Karn the Great Creator, and then a Karn Wishboard, basically. Yes. If you notice, it's the, it's the complete opposite of Legacy sideboards. There's 14 different cards in this sideboard. Yes. <laughs> because you know you don't side, almost none of these ever get sideboarded in. They all get wished for by Karn. Which the nice thing about that is, you know, you've only you only have one, two, three, four like expensive, expensive payoffs. Except Karn is like fourteen payoffs right there. Yeah. To go get things like Sovereign Console Skyship, or Worm Coil Engine, or Sundering Titan, mm-hmm. or Emrakul, the Promised End. Oh, I guess you can't get that. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Um. Or or um. Solutions like Graft Digger's Cage, Pithing Needle, Walking Ballista, Ratchet Bomb, Ratchet Bomb, Liquid Metal Coating. So nothing. Nothing outside of an Eldrazi Stompy deck. 
Let's just this is an Aljazi Stompy deck. Alrighty, metagame summary. We've got Hammer Time coming in first with 22%, seven decks in the top 32. That's too many. Now it's not consistent. I, every time I say that with these in like in modern, especially, I'm not complaining that Hammer Time's a problem. I'm just pointing out that I think that's too many for a challenge. As long as that doesn't keep happening, though, it's fine. Nothing wrong with a deck coming in and spiking a tournament. Yeah, and that's one of the things um, that that's kind of where you and I, I think we both agree on this is like, that's where modern in my opinion should be. We're like, not necessarily to this degree, but like where the meta turns. Yeah. So like, like I never get worried when I see, I mean, like, I, I point out, I think that's too many. I'm not worried. Hammer time is 22% cause next week it probably won't be. And a month from now it almost definitely won't be. Yep. Hammer time will get knocked back down to like 13, 14% cause hammer, cause it is hammer time. It is one of the most popular and best decks in modern for sure. And it'll get knocked down, down to between and 10 one and one of the 14. cheapest and one of the cheapest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Second place with 15.5% Indomitable Creativity. That deck has been creeping up more and more lately, and it has, you know, we didn't see a lot of Reanimator in top 32s. It was never that popular. This is definitely the Reanimator lookalike. Like, mm-hmm. with, with this being so well, so good, I don't think we'll ever see a Reanimator in these top 32s, like a bunch of them, because this is probably just a slightly yeah, more consistent. It's trying to do the same, it's trying to it's, cheat out Archon, and it's doing it's almost better, the exact same thing. Yeah. But, and you, but you do get a lot better, you get access to more colors, or you get access to probably better colors. And uh, better, better mid-game interaction. Yep. Uh, fourth and place. And you play Ren and Six. I mean, and the, you just the cards yeah, oh, yeah. are just better. Like yep. you've got Ren and Six. You've got Fable the Mirror Breaker. Where like your bad draws are just still yeah. better cards. I, I agree with that statement perfectly. Like the cards are just better. Yeah. Like I run a lot of bad cards that work really good with Reanimator. This just runs a lot of good cards. Yep. And still does the reanimator thing. Still does the reanimator thing. Uh, third place, twelve and a half percent with four Merktide Regent decks. These, these are totally acceptable numbers. Acceptable numbers. Then we've got three Living End decks, a bunch of two ofs like Teamer Control, which is not Teamer Control. Yeah, uh, that's Escape Shift. Shift. Yogmoth Burn and four color, five color on that. Most importantly, eleventh Goblins. Yay! Goblins. Hey, the fact that it's still showing up, like going from winning and still showing up. That's. As a tribal player, that's all I want. Uh-huh. I don't want goblins to be the best deck in modern. I don't want elves to be the best deck in legacy. Playable. I want them to be. I can show up to a tournament and have a reasonable shot at uh-huh. playing at a high end tournament, not yeah. just a Friday night magic. Yeah, exactly. But like, this is a Sunday challenge. It's yep. a real tournament, and goblins got eleventh place. Yes. That's perfectly reasonable for where that deck should be. Doesn't look like modern elves is going to cut it. Not yet. No not one's yet. cracked it. That's for sure. Right now, uh, Aspiring Spike is still playing with it. And I'm not like, the reason I bring that up. I'm not saying Spiring Spike is the godsend to modern, but he has brewed up some yeah. real good decks in modern, mm-hmm. and so he's still working on it. I'm hope I'm eager to see what he does. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not popping up in challenges. Fundamentally, like you know why I don't think modern elves is going to cut it. It looks too much like Pioneer deck. It's really? running mostly Pioneer cards, well, and it's just like that's it, a bad you're sign. basically trying to play a Pioneer deck in modern. Yeah, that's a bad sign. So like, you need to be able to take advantage of some of the older cards and yeah. like. Like, it has them in there. Like, it has Quarian Ranger. I think Wirewood Symbiote would go a long way, especially with the Leaf Crown Visionary. Yeah. Uh, that would help protect. Just the, just the protection. It, Wirewood Symbiote goes a long way in mitigating the disaster that Fury is against elves. Yeah. Because it forces them to commit to that. And then another creature, because, like, they have to t- choose their targets. Uh-huh. And then, like, yeah, you lose the Wirewood Symbiote, but you can at least always save one thing. Yep. Like that's it, how it is in Legacy Elves. Yeah, like it makes the it makes removal a lot more awkward. Yeah, which is a big advantage. Yep. I Not to mention that. the value it generates. Yeah. With like Elvish Visionary. Yeah. When it, when it does go unchecked, it's absurd. That's absurd. Yeah. Most played cards. Uh, first place: Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Renin Six, Esper Sentinel, Pure Steel Paladin. Some movement in this top five. Definitely a little bit of movement. 
Not a ton, not crazy, but some movement. Top creatures, Esper Sentinel, Pure Steel Paladin, Ragavan, Stoneforge Mystic, and Ornithopter. And our top spells, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Renin 6, Colossus Hammer, and Sigarda's Aid. I was, uh, now, it's not the end of the world, but in most played cards, I was looking through, and we've got four of the five colors, and I was disappointed to not see a black card in there. Uh, but you do still have Archon as one of the most played creatures. So mm, yeah, and grief. So like, it's not like because it's it's not super important from like the tippy toppest like gameplay perspective. It doesn't necessarily matter that the colors are all equally represented mm-hmm. in a format. Yeah, it's nice to see when they're all playable. When they're all playable, because again, like we we're saying, yeah. the colors tit like in a roundabout way represent strategies yeah so it's nice to see when things when multiple different strategies are applicable so it's just something that i i don't bring it up a lot but almost every time i'm looking for like colors like to see yep you know i mean lightning bolt has been one of the most played cards in modern since modern's inception i mean it's one of the most played cards in magic yep uh expressive iteration we've talked to death about ren and sex there's your green you got esper sentinel for white pure still paladin for white you got a little more red a little more white some uh, artifact stuff in there and some blue with counterspell mm-hmm. like in it, it in my opinion it's really important that counterspell is on the list because counterspell represents control as opposed to like expressive iteration can be almost anything at this yeah, point no kidding like you've got hard blue in there with double blue for counterspell yep and a very distinct strategy for like sit back draw go kind of stuff and then you've got as far as creatures go you've got archon of cruelty and grief which again, those aren't traditionally like I'd love to see Thoughtseize. Like that's basically the yeah, thing that's missing. I'd love to see Thoughtseize on this top ten mm-hmm. of most played cards, and that'd be that'd be like the perfect, like the ideal world. Gotcha. But we're one card off. Like yeah, it's it's, that, it's that, not that, bad. To me, the like the the kind of one I'm getting at here though is like there's still a lot of like Debbie Downers talking about modern, and modern is in a pretty good place. I, I know I, some people don't like Murktide or uh, yeah. Omnath, but like they're. They're not doing bannable things in modern, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think so. Not yet. Though, so I all right. I know that's gonna catch us some heat to say that oh, Mark yeah, Tide's well. not a problem in modern. He's not as I'll say he's not as much of a problem. I don't even think he is. Like, I think modern just run, I think modern just runs on mass more removal and and more creatures in general. And so here's my train of thought with that. Yeah, because you run more creatures, you do not have to throw your removal. At the smaller crap those decks play, you can just block them or fight them. You can fight their clock, and you can save your removal for uh, the Murktide. You can put that to Legacy, where a lot of decks just don't run the creatures. So I have to remove all of your creatures. I have to yep. remove your Delver. I can't outrace your Delver, and I can't outrace your DRC. I have to remove them, and that takes away removal slots for Murktide. Yep. Whereas in Modern, I can make my creatures fight your creatures, or I can work on outracing you. And then I can save some of that removal for the Murktide. That's my thought process. It's kind of an off the hat thought process, but that's my thought process. Well, and I mean, as far as that, as far as what you said, that makes sense, and I, I've experienced that myself. So yeah. it's like I don't think anything you said there was wrong. It's cool. just I, like I said, I think modern looks solid. It's I would make changes. Churning. I wouldn't make changes. No, that's again, for sure. it as far as the total number of playable decks, I think that has we've mentioned this before been reduced since the Luris ban. Yep, but. It doesn't look like it. Modern is in a bad place right now. I agree with so, that entirely. We wouldn't make any changes at all, except for Wirewood Symbiote being legal. Yeah, like, I mean, or Glimpse. How? Like Wirewood Symbiote seems like a home run because, uh-huh. like, what's it gonna do? Maybe make elves playable because it only bounces an elf, right? It's only it's returning elf to your hand to untap a creature. Yeah. Like, 
We're not talking about like I can't oh. have Elvis Archduke tapping for twice as much mana. <laughs> oh no, then someone might win with the Zuri <laughs> Renegade leader. That was Aspiring Spike's win con. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. That's what yep. people play in modern. He'd court a calling for a yep. Zuri. Yep. Because he's got overrun on him. Yep. So Alrighty. So we're about an hour and twenty minutes in. We got our meta games wrapped up. I don't think there's anything else we want to talk about today. So I guess we'll just kinda of wrap the episode up. Yeah, sounds good to me. Alrighty. Well, uh if we're all done, then I think we'll head on out. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll just discuss pioneer elves in. Uh, <laughs> What's this pioneer? What is this pioneer elves you speak of? So, we just lost all of our listeners. I was like, oh, okay, click. No, no. So there was the biggest news, in my opinion, is the fact that pioneer elves top thirty-two to challenge on Saturday. Now, it's only happened once so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, this I'm the big elves guy here, so like most people don't care about this at all because they're not going to play it. But I do, and mm-hmm. I immediately ordered the deck, which is what I, I, I've said this multiple times. In general, I'm very much a man of my word. If I'm sitting here going, if Pioneer, if Elves is ever play, playable in Pioneer, I'm playing it. Yeah. To me, playable is can do well, like we just talked about yep. in one of these challenges. Well, when you, I mean, for for perspective, when you put that in the Discord, uh, you're, I was I was catching. My first thought was to say, when are you buying it? Yeah. Not. Are you buying it? Yeah, and my because of course you are. Response was they're already in the mail. Yes, and you <laughs> uh, haven't bought cards in a little while. No, I haven't. Well, once I got uh, Boros Heroic, I haven't really needed yeah. to buy anything. Yeah. Um. And, and again, before that, like it's just it's you've been very sparse. Yeah. And like you change jobs, uh, the this job pays a little less, money's a little tighter, gas is still four dollars a gallon. Like you know, money's not falling off the of trees. That's a good place to cut budgets. It's yeah. like, well, I spent left my magic. Yeah, I don't need a thirteenth EDH deck. Yep. And then he's like, actually, I do need another Pioneer deck, though. Now, the cool thing is, as far as my budget goes, I had almost all of this. That's pretty so nice. So I've already got the Overgrown Tombs. I, I've already got Land of War Waste. I've got the Blooming Marshes. I've got Obseju. I've got Collected Company. I've got Shaman of the Cocos? Pack. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's because I played Modern Elves. There's a chance I might borrow those at some point. But, well, they're, you got about a week. <laughs> and they're going to Well, the as long as you're not going to the event, I'm going to. <laughs> But yeah, I, I've got Leyline of the Void. There's that Terra Sunder card I was talking about. Two mana instant kicker of a... Uh, so it's a green and a colorless, and it's got kicker of black and a colorless. Exile, so it's Exile, which is even better. Way so better. on the numbers, it's already better than Naturalize. Just straight comparison. Exile target artifact or enchantment. If the spell was kicked, Exile target non-land permanent instead. That is fantastic. Like, I don't know for sure... That to me is borderline legacy playable, at least as far as elves goes. That's something I would test out, like in the right meta. Now you need a meta where naturalize is good enough, but that card is f- really fucking good. So I already got him for my sideboard for Pioneer Elves. Uh, the creature list, which is almost the entire deck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thirty-seven creatures, thirty-seven cards. Uh, Elvish Mystic. Uh, I don't want to go over all these. Most of them are mana elves, but I'll go over the important ones. Elvish Mystic, just land more elves. Just Bear Sentinel. Uh, you can tap it or tap it and another creature to make a mana of any color. It's got it's one two with reach. Land more elves. Uh, Dwinin's Elite, which is a two two for two. When it ETBs, you get an elf uh, one one elf token. Uh, Elvish Clan Caller, which is an Elf Lord for two that you can pay six and search for another Clan Caller and put it in the battlefield. So that's kind of a mana dump. That kind it's of good, it's a good mana dump too. Yep. Yeah. Just over the course of the game, cool. I'll just get another one of these. And I mean, it, you have to think about it. Elves goes wide. So like when you're paying six, you're not just getting a one one. You're putting six power on the board. Exactly. From your deck directly into play. 
uh, Elvish Warmaster, 2-2 two, two for 2. Uh, when one or more other elves enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 one, one, uh, green elf warrior token. Uh, this ability triggers only once a turn, so that's kind of a downside. But it basically, every elf you play, you get an ex additional 1-1. One, one. It kind yeah. of turns all your elves into Dwynan's Elites. Then it also has a 7-mana uh, elves you control, get plus 2, plus 2, and death touch until end of turn. Yep. So, again, another mana dump. Because it's one of the things that elves has always had to deal with is like most elves generate mana, at least the older ones. Yeah. And then what are you supposed to do with that mana? So I've been casting overruns since Tempest. Yep. <laughs> with that tap priest of Titania for five, swing with four, four, fours. Yep. Uh, with trample. With trample. So uh, next up, we've got uh, Leaf Crown Visionary. So that to me is the card that really kind of helps this deck. It's what made this, because all these other cards were le already legal. Yep. Uh, this is the card that's turns out you need glimpse from uh, you need, the new Dominaria and bad glimpse. You need bad glimpse, and that's what this does. It turns all your elves into pay one more, and it becomes Elvish Visionary. Yeah, ETB draw a card. Yep. So it's uh, two mana, one one. Other elves get plus one plus one, and whenever you cast an elf spell, you can pay a green if you do draw a card. That stacks with multiples of them. So you can you get, it, this card is amazing in multiples. Strong. So your land war elves, you can pay three and draw two cards if you have two of these, and then you still get a three three because mm -hmm. they're they're both lords. Uh, this is the card I was talking in this card. I yeah. card. This is bad. Priest of Titania. Very bad. <clears throat> so it's three mana for a two one. You can tap it to get one green for each creature you control. Um, in comparison to Priest of Titania, which is two mana for a one one, and you get one uh, green for each elf in play, which would matter a lot in uh, Pioneer, Elvish, Mystic, and Llanowar Elves yeah. are in a lot of green decks. Yeah, it would. That's actually a pretty substantial cost, and it costs one more. Yeah, and so, it's all green, which and, you're a mono green deck that doesn't count. But, yeah, well, you should actually Golgari, so it could count. Yeah. Um, then we got Realm Walker, which is kind of a pseudo glimpse. Uh, so it's a two three for three changeling. So it's technically an elf. Uh, enters the battlefield. Choose a creature type. You're going to name elf. Look at the top card. You may look at the top card of your library at any time, and then you may cast creatures of the chosen type from the top of your yeah. library. So, it's kind of like a, a conspicuous snoop. Yeah. You get some pseudo card advantage by casting creatures at the top. Yeah. I. I always compare it to Glimpse because that's kind of what you're hoping for. And that's what kills Glimpse changes, Chains is when you, because you're effectively, you're casting a thing and then you're casting the next card on top. Uh -huh, like, yep, it's, it has that kind of similar gameplay. Um, it's obviously going to pair very well with the Leaf Crown Visionary when yeah. you start casting elves from the top for one and paying two extra and drawing extra cards yep. and seeing each one. And like, there's plenty of shenanigans that can Wrong. be going on here. Um Shaman of the Pack. Shaman of the Pack is uh, three mana. Loot, win the game. Three, two. Uh, ETB's target opponent loses life equal number of elves you control. Yeah. So that's your reach. Three for... mana, take 10. Yeah. So that's, and this list is actually, A, it's very similar. This is what I was kind of talking about. It's very similar to the modern list. And B, it's very similar to kind of what I was expecting to build. Mm -hmm. The only card I'm a little iffy about is the next one, which is Steel Leaf Champion. And it's the only one that doesn't directly contribute to plan A. But it's individually just a very good card. So I understand why people run it. Probably worth running. That's the thing. It probably is because... If anything, this is a wall. Just to stand in front of shit. Right. Well, so I'll get to it in a second why I think it is. But let's... So it's three mana for a 5-4. And uh, it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Yep. So you can't just chump it. Now, the cool thing, in my opinion, and this is one of the things that the deck really needs, is you need... It's designed to turn one land of war elf. Doesn't matter a ton what the payoff is, but you have to immediately pay off from that. Like untapping on turn two and then just playing another Llanowar Elf isn't enough. Mm -hmm. You need to go, okay, turn two, 
I'm spending all three mana. Yeah. Now it could be Elf, Elf, Elf. It could be a Realm Walker or it could be a 5-4. Yeah. That 5-4, in my opinion, is good enough payoff because like that card, in theory, is capable of winning the game by itself, especially if you chuck down a couple Lords and you have eight Lords in the deck. Yep. So like that's that's to me is where it earns its spot. Because like if you look, Shaman of the Pact, you don't want to drop on turn two. Nope. You've got your bad Priest of Titania, which costs three. Which is okay. Which is okay. It's it's still not a bad one, but like you only have two of them. Yeah. Um, I'm the the tweak I'm making, I or I ordered four realm walkers. I'm curious. I might that's circle uh circle of dreams druid is the card I'm questionable about in this list. Three mana for a two one is not very good. No, and it's slow and it's got one toughness, so it dies to still every removal yep. spell. Uh burns still pretty popular. Burns everywhere, so a lot of times you're gonna tap out and just that's yeah, just like gonna die. Rakdos mid range and burn are just very good decks right, right now. So and the problem is it doesn't necessarily just win the game on its own. So like that that to me is a little iffy. Uh -huh. I ordered them anyways. It's still a good card. It's still a good elf and it I can see like you need it. Not necessarily need it, but like you really want it because you do have some of the high mana payoffs, or yep. like Elvish Warmaster and stuff like that. Yep. So it makes sense, but like that to me is kind of the weakest card on the list. Let's make sure and let me know the days you're playing elves. I'll play goblins and hopefully we get paired. Right. And we can rehash the old battle of elves yep. versus goblins. Uh, so that's the creature list. Then you got four collected company. Yep. And then lands. The only real interesting ones are Nykthos, which that's the only I. I know I have one or two. I'm not sure if I have a third. Gotcha. That's the only thing I didn't order because I didn't want to. I was in a hurry when I was ordering them, and I wasn't going to just go. Oh yeah, I, I need three of those. Here's a hundred dollars. Yeah, I was like, well, I know I own one. <laughs> so, yep. And then like layer of the hydro, which is just kind of like a duh. Like that's just it's better a, it's than a good a mana dump. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that pairs pretty it's well a, with the, uh, the leaves or the yeah. the circle of dreams. The biggest thing with me is like it has almost no cost to running it. It's a land that's it's still a fast land and the way elves plays, like most of the time if this comes down on it's I think it's what turn three, then it's tapped. Yes. But by then you don't really care. Not nearly as much. So it's fast when it needs to be fast and it's slow when it doesn't matter. Yep. And then it's just a huge mana dump. Uh like I said, Besage you already have, and the rest of the stuff I already got. Cool. Sideboard, fatal push, makes sense if you know anything about Pioneer. Uh I Dude. I'm not convinced about Fatal Push. Fuck this next card. Right, I love that next card. Uh, so the thing, there's another card that came out of Dominary United that's one black, and it destroys a creature that has total power and toughness of five. Cut down. I think I don't. I haven't played it. That to me could be a replacement for this deck for Fatal Push, because you're not going to be triggering that revolt very often. No. Like one of your creatures has to get removed in order for that to happen. Yeah. And it's still going. So it's. One to one, like it's gonna kill everything that the top of Fatal Push kills. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily get everything the bottom that Fatal Push kills, but you're also very rarely going to be doing the bottom. Yeah. So like that's to me is a little like that could yeah, change. Cut down might be better, and there is and what, they think, what you think about is there's a lot of shit that cut down hits that push doesn't. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of four and five drops that are really good value creatures that are two threes. Or yeah. Three two. I mean like. This isn't a five drop, but like think about Mayhem Devil. Mayhem Devil is a, is, a, is the driving engine of the Rakdos sacrifice deck. It's a three mana three two. Yep. And yeah, cut down answers that way cleaner. Yep. And you don't have to worry about you know. Oh, I hope one of my elves dies so I can yep. kill their Mayhem making, Devil. Making bad attacks, hoping they don't call your bluff. Right. So that to me is a potential slot there. The next card in the sideboard. Uh, again, I just basically bought this list. Yeah. Uh, I'll obviously tweak as it goes, but I kind of just buy lists and then tweak them. Uh, as long as the list doesn't look like nonsense. Yeah. 
uh, Shaper Sanctuary, one man enchantment. Whenever a creature you control becomes a target of spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Fuck that card. So, uh, yeah, that's very good. Um, I was just getting to take my... Uh, my Esper Mentor deck has turned into more of an Esper Control deck. Yeah. And I've, I've, I'm starting to see diminishing returns. I think I'm going to start rotating back to a more tribal removal style deck. Mm-hmm. And... Fuck that card. Well, for our particular meta, the tr- removal tribal, I think, is just p- where it needs to be. Like our, it was, do- it was doing better, I think. Our meta at the shop is like ninety percent creature decks. Yeah. So, like, I think you're just if if that's the only place you're gonna play that, I just go with removal tribal. Um, Shaper Sanctuary is very good. It would be very good against that deck. The only thing I'm concerned about is I. It needs to be tested. I think heroic intervention has a place in this. Because trading one for one does suck, but that's not typically speaking what beats elves most. It's sweepers. Mm, yeah. Now, and there's, then this deck, There's some good sweepers. There are some very good sweepers. And there's, uh, so you got like Supreme Verdict. There's, you've got the one that you can foretell. Um, Scar. Uh, Black has a, oh boy, I think. So they? Black has Meat Hook Masker. That's the big one you see. Yeah, You're not going to be dodging yeah, that. Yeah, that's minus. Uh, it has uh, Extinction Event. You're not going to be dodging that. That exiles. Does it? Yeah. Uh, Depopulate does see some play. It's a Wrath of God, but if you control a multicolored creature, you draw a card. Gotcha. Um, there's uh, Shatter the Skies. That's a Wrath of God, but if you control a creature with power four or greater, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, there are no more good sweepers. Gotcha. Because that's... Well, and there's also the red, like, uh, I oh, don't I'm know. sorry. Yeah, there's yeah. damage based. I was, ones think, as well. I was thinking blue and black because I'm an expert. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but you have anger of gods, uh, and you have another anger of the gods that does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, just red, the, the pyroclasm effects. Basically. Yeah, pyroclasm effects. Yep. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are red. I was just thinking the expert yeah, colors. Yeah, uh, I did the same thing until I thought about red. Um, so that, to me, is something I, I want to consider as well. Uh-huh. Is whether or not heroic intervention. So, so one of the reasons I don't like heroic intervention or those kind of reactionary cards. Uh, a good, another good example would be uh, Veil of Summer in Elves and Legacy. Is Elves is very much trying to win the game as quickly as possible uh-huh. and has to be incredibly efficient on mana to do so. So, like when you're trying to draw your deck on turn two, like every literally every yep. single mana counts. Yeah, and you're also you don't have time to just sit there. And there's also ways like. So they go to wrath. You go to heroic intervention. They force will it. Yeah. So like that's good. That's just doesn't happen in pioneer. They tap yep. out on turn four for hero yep. for supreme verdict, and you just go heroic intervention. It's one of the things that we've talked <clears throat> about. Is like as people who come from playing modern and legacy, literally one of the best things about this format is like tapped out fucking means something now. Right. It means a lot. Yeah. It means so, I can play. The it means I can just play. Yeah. So heroic intervention is one of the things that I think warrants some testing. Uh, just it's one of those things like between Shaper Sanctuary, which is a card I've I've tried to uh, play with as well. There was another doesn't do the, quite the same thing, but there's a card called Steely Resolve, which is just an enchantment. Uh, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type have shroud. Oh, that's for two. Good. Like so, like this, like basically the I'm gonna play an enchantment and you can't target my shit is yeah. stuff that I've been tinkering with forever with elves i mean steely resolves like a legions card i think oh gotcha (laughs) it's really old um and it's just a matter of like the meta whether you think uh single target stuff is going to be more popular or sweepers i think that's where that slot goes the other stuff is just uh epic downfall again this kills big creatures and that's kind of why i think the other cut down is would be decent in that other slot so you've got cut down for small creatures and then epic downfall for big ones makes sense uh terra sunder which we talked about that's 
very good disenchant that turns into anguish on making and then Leyline of the void for your uh your graveyard matchups graveyard so you got phoenix and then grease fang and then a couple like other i will pitch in decks. in my opinion at our meta i think i'm the only person that runs consistent board wipes yeah uh eli might because he runs he does run blue eye control yeah he, he probably might. has supreme verdict in there but yeah if you're, I think uh, targeted removal is going to be much more of a concern than board wipes in our current meta. But every week I do see new brews. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And the, well, the other thing is like, even if, even if like, blue white control is more popular, if you already have a good matchup against that, it still might be better to have Shaper Sanctuary to try to shore up the bad matchups. So like it's not even necessarily about which one you plan to see. That's a good point. It's like which matchup can you improve the most and put it into a more winnable category. That's a good point. So like that those are that is like the big thing with as far as testing those kind of things go. It's like yeah. not only do you what you expect to be there, but which does the most for the matchup that actually matters the most. So yeah, that's a good but point. yeah uh I've already bought this deck, what I didn't own. So <laughs> yeah. uh I Whenever it comes in, I will be there the following Monday to play Pioneer we'll be, we'll and go uh, one and two with yep. Elves. It was uh, Ian has been working on a kind of a cool brew, mm-hmm. and a couple weeks in a row he's gone zero and three. And we're chit-chatting with him, I'm talking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, that sucks, but like that's that's how brewing goes. Like that's your first couple weeks usually suck dick. Yep, because it's you, it's a brand new deck. You have no idea how to play it, and it's it doesn't exist yet. It might not be worth playing. Right. And so I kind of feel bad watching him struggle. But that's that's part of brewing is like, well, this deck's probably going to suck for a little bit sometimes. Yeah. The nice thing is I don't think I – I should have a pretty good idea of how to play this deck. Yeah, you know how to play elves. Reason. This is a, this is already a tried deck, so you, you're not you're not, yeah. you're not front, on a new frontier uh, in Pioneer. But we are getting a little long in the tooth. It's a little late, and I do have to do this all tonight, but that's just my life now. Uh, Matt, before we go into the end of our episode, was there anything else you wanted to cover this week? Nope. All righty. Well, I do want to give a final shout-out to our patrons. Um, I'm going to start – so Matt has brought up a very valid point. Uh, I'm going to start to try and keep our shout-outs a little shorter going forward. Uh, there's no reason to be spending as much time every episode doing three, four shout-outs. So in the end of the episode, what I will do is I will say thank you to our patrons. If you want to support us, you can find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash cartel. If you want to email us, contact us, get a hold of us, you can hit up our Facebook. You can get a direct line, a line there. You can email us at cantripcartel. You can hit us up on Twitter at cantripcartel. You can Instagram us, cantripcartel. We actually got in quick and got cantripcartel pretty much everywhere. Yep. And so, and all those, like Matt and I see all of them. Um, I'm not promising a direct message right away, but if you send it, I see it. I promise. Other than that, Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Nope. All right. Well, in that case, I think we will see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. Uh, turn three. I'm just going to play this deserted beach. It's one of those new dual lands that third land untapped. And I'll play a mentor and pass. Gotcha. Um, Tapped out, by the way. Yeah, nothing. Fair enough. I'm going to play that uh, new fancy goblin guy with my Skirk Prospector. Oh, the Rune of Runeveld? Yeah. Oh, okay. Runeveld and that guy. And uh, I'm just going to chill for a minute. Pass. Okay, well, I'm going to untap and play my fourth land, and you might be in trouble. 
Go for it. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers scrounge the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of Paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, doused in serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the cantrip cartel.